This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 62 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast, a Warhammer Horse Heresy, Warhammer 30K Horse Heresy podcast. I don't know why I fucked that up or how I fucked that up. I say it a lot, so I don't know what's going on there. My name is Michael, and I've got directly next to me my co-host, Derek. Go and say what's going on, Derek. How's it going, everybody? I'm back. And then we got Scott over there painting furiously in his painting apron. America. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Ryan with a special guest. Jay, go and say what's going on, guys. How's it going? How is everybody? (laughs) <laughs> so we'll get into why we have a special guest here in a little bit. Uh, I just want to say, Connecticut listeners, you better get your peepers on or ears, eepers on. I don't know what a sound version of peepers would be. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. Let's just go with peepers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, listen up because we're gonna need you here later on in this podcast, all you Connecticut listeners. But uh, as for what we got for you during this show. Uh, we've got our intro. We're going to go over, see how everybody's day's going, see how everybody's week's been going. Uh, we got some hobby progress we need to go over. Uh, some voicemails you guys sent in. Uh, the Sir Coxman himself sent in some industrial accident stories that we're going to read one off for you guys. Uh, then we're going to discuss a big game that was played over at the Kimmo household. Uh, we posted up some feelers for some Facebook questions. And so we're going to go over some of those for you guys. Uh, then we're going to talk about the uh, the Shapeways winner there. And last but not least, a Wheel of Grindage. So one of you lucky podcasts out there or listeners who shared our, uh, our post on our Facebook page will get a chance, an opportunity to get a care package from Raider First Fan. So who wants to go first? Who wants to discuss their week? Uh, how about we go with Scott? Because it seems like Scott got his his Muay Thai on, and he needs to oh. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to discuss that. Fucking of course, yeah, man. I had a badass week. Um, so so what you're talking about there is like my other hobby right now is I do I take a Muay Thai classes, you know, about five times a week, something like that. And I'm not I'm not like an aspiring Muay Thai fighter or at all good at it. <laughs> I mostly like put on gloves and shin guards and I just kind of flail around and try to make sure my pants don't fall down or cry <laughs> in front of anyone. Like, and I don't consider my car in the parking lot crying in public. That's in my space. So. <laughs> but, uh, like, wait, but like, why? why I'm, I'm more interested in why your pants are falling down. Like, has your dick come out before in Muay Thai? Like, my fucking <laughs> powerful dad bod, man, just to wiggle those bad boys down sometimes when I'm trying to throw those high kicks, man. But, uh, but uh, no, it's like my it's my other hobby. I really enjoy it, and I'm trying to find a you know a more yes dynamic way to stay in shape and get cardio in, other than arbitrarily running around my neighborhood like an asshole. So, uh, I, uh, I've been doing it maybe like a month and a half, I think something like that. And I know like the bare minimum basics you need to not immediately get a shin 
crash through your fucking skull if you're actually <laughs> fighting against somebody's trade. So uh, I had my first hard sparring session uh, Saturday against a uh, man. It's I don't know, I know his name, but I don't want to like talk about him on on the air or anything. He um he's an MMA fighter in Louisville, and he's a lot smaller than me. He's probably like. 165 i'm about 195 200 something like that i'm six foot tall and he's probably like one 165 175 and five nine and uh he's a collegiate wrestler and i'm i'm pretty sure somewhere like he always has a shit on he's fucking good well when i in my high school we i from a very shitty little high school and we didn't have a wrestling team so I don't know what wrestling was about or anything like that. Well, it's a big fucking deal if you're in a fight. Like, if you're a fucking wrestler, <laughs> you know what you're doing. You can fuck someone up perfectly. <laughs> so I'm a pretty big deal. And uh, I'm, 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 like, not exactly light on my feet. But I got long arms and I'm, I'm like, strong enough. So I'm fucking working in on this dude with my jab. And he's a fucking quick little lens of a human being. It's just... Bam, bam, keeps hitting me in the nose. And I have a, for those of you that are not our Patreon members, I have a huge fucking gonzo schnoz <laughs> on me. Like I have a very large nose, and it's a fucking very easy target to hit. He keeps hitting me in this thing. And I'm like, fuck, that is getting super annoying. So I'm like <laughs> trying to bull rush in on him and get him in, in the clinch. Like in Muay Thai, that's when you put your hands behind someone's head, like palm to palm, and you fucking start throwing knees to the body you're trying to like pull their head down into your knees so you can fucking knee them in the face well i get about two of these off before this little bastard locks his <laughs> locks his fucking hands around my wrist and he picks me up so easy like <laughs> i felt like i was at that exact moment about 25 years younger <laughs> i'm 47 <laughs> and just picks me up and fucking uh, just slams back on the ground. <laughs> this happens about three times throughout the the round, and uh, at the end, I finally get him in the, back in the clinch, and I'm throwing some knees to the body, and he gets free, and right after he got free, the rounded, and I was like, "Yeah, who man, you're lucky." But in my head, I was like, "Oh, thank fucking god." <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna fucking explosively shit my pants. That dude fucking <laughs> I'll drive me through that mad good. So <laughs> like all my old bones in my back are snapping and popping. <laughs> I have a vertebrae like in my cheek now somehow. <laughs> like through biology magic. It was fucking But it was a lot of fun, man. I fucking uh had a really good time. It's a it's definitely not I mean, I'm not like talking about it like i'm good at it i know that but it's fun to have a hobby like that where you can kind of like lose yourself in it learn and uh it's definitely you know there's a there's a lot of room for improvement but i'm enjoying it. <laughs> you you learn so much about yourself when somebody else kicks your ass <laughs> like, oh it's a, uh, dude it's a very honest experience it's as honest as fucking life gets because there's no hot it's man it's <laughs> like ooh. If you if you've ever if you're an MMA fan and you're at home and you're like watching like bantamweight fighters or lightweight fighters and you're like I could fuck that little guy up I'm like six two I'm like a good three hundred pounds no the fuck you couldn't no you couldn't that little fucking bastard would be all over you tearing your eyes out in those no 
like a fucking me. spider monkey on Mountain Dew. He's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> Tear your ass up, but no, oh man, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Okay, so that was Scott's week. Uh, so Ryan, let's see how how'd your week go, buddy? Did you get your ass kicked in Muay Thai? I did not. <laughs> and by the way, five times a week, Scott. Like, come on, bud. That's way too much. Hey, man, <laughs> it's fucking, it's addictive. I know it sounds weird, but maybe it's just the masochistic side of me, but it's fucking, it's fun, man. I don't I can't explain it, but maybe I'm just a fucking angry person. I don't know, dude. I got a lot of fucking lot of hate inside me, so I can really get in there and go some rounds, man. God, if you just like getting beaten up, you can pay a woman to dress in leather and do that all week long and, you know. Yeah, well. I don't know how fucking Mrs. Schweitzer might feel about that. <laughs> I know whatever I pay that woman is going to be a mere fraction of the amount of alimony I would have to pay. <laughs> like that, so. <laughs> so, uh, I had to work uh, five double shifts in a row this week at work. So I would get up every morning at 7 o'clock and had to be in work at 8. And then I'd get off at 11 o'clock and be home around midnight and then take a shower and go to bed and start it again. So I didn't really have a lot of time for much of anything. Um, <laughs> I was able to build build a little bit of terrain at work in between, like, falling asleep at my desk, sitting up. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Um some we Ocho played. Uh, we had game right now. I was like, "What? <laughs> he did what? <laughs> How many doubles?" Uh, we had uh, game night last night, so uh, got to play a big game of 30k. Um, watched a, several games of 30k. Watched a game of Eighth Edition, and um, played some Dark Age. Played a couple games of Dark Age, and then ran some Dark Age demos. How that Eighth so, Edition that game was, go? Uh, uh Ultramarines versus Nids. Uh, uh, it was Kenneth and our buddy Kenneth and uh, Max. Uh, I think it, it looked like it was a pretty close game. There wasn't that many models left at the end of the game. How long did it take? Was it super lightning quick, like they say it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> One day. One day. Did they have their special sheets out? That's one thing that like really bothered me. That like made me almost as angry as Ryan gets whenever he's whenever he's mad at something was that whole sheet thing that Games Workshop released. Did y'all see that? Like, did, did y'all see? No. What are you talking about? Okay. They're on the website you can get for free? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so Games Workshop uh, shuts down that 8th edition list maker website. They, like, cease and desist them. They're like, hey, like, you cannot help people make their lists. And they're like, but don't worry, everybody. We got you. Here's some papers that you can print out to write your list on. <laughs> and it's oh, like, good. It's fucking 1995 again. Can I fucking close this window and open up Yukon Trail and play some of that, too? Oregon <laughs> Trail, <laughs> sir. Oregon <laughs> Trail. I was like, I, mean, you could, <laughs> I was so, like, angry about that. I'm like, man, dude, like, what? Like, really? Like, they had, like, something to make this bullshit easier because you put you separated the pages from the points. You put the points at the back of the book and you have command points. It's like it's just bonkers to me. You get somebody who steps the fuck up, writes all this code to make this happen. 
And then G-Dub's like, no, <clears throat> shut him down. Here's all's paper. <laughs> Don't worry. Alex Jones we were already working on this. America carpal tunnel syndrome fucking with this. <laughs> For real, there's some conspiracy. Games Workshop is like controlling the paper industry. That's true. Like, <laughs> Speaking of Oregon Trail, were you a dumb fuck like me and every time you made it to the river and it was like, you can pay to have the barge take you across, or you can try to fjord the river and I was like, let's just try to go across the river. Oh, and you yeah. all drown every, every fucking time. time. Like, why do they even have that option in the game if you just die every time? It was well, it was in a, a series. It was three possible options that would occur in any random order. It was either you were murdered by bandits, you died of dysentery, or you died trying to cross a river. Or, like, a bandit with dysentery popped out of the river and murdered you. <laughs> yeah. You gotta watch that dysentery, man. There was, How did no... we survive the 1800s? Like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. That's like. We're going to make I... a movie, Scott, called Dysentery Bandits. We're just going to get a bunch of fucking hillbillies from Kentucky and a bunch of fucking Bucktowners and, you know, not even have to put any makeup or anything on them no, and just have them no, go the chase thing. a bunch of fucking folks from Carmel. We'll get Rick uh, to go get some Carmel people and just have them chase them around and film it and release a movie. Dysentery Bandits. Trademark. Brilliant. Yeah, that's for, why our for those who are hard as fuck. For for people who aren't from around here, if you've seen Parks and Recreation, the town I live in, Martinsville, is um, Pawnee, Indiana, the the town that the show takes place in, and Carmel is Eagleton. There he is. <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. I get that joke now. I don't. <clears throat> Oh, we also actually... traded Paul George. We also traded Paul George for a stick of bubble gum this week. That's that was yep. also <laughs> yes. okay. got a used washing machine, a stick of bubble gum, and some uh, IU player. Yeah, it's fucking. For, it's like semi pro. Fucking... You guys got a washing machine with a fucking raccoon in it. That's yeah. not a pet. So. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Michael, how have you not seen that show before? I would assume that Ron Swanson would be your spirit animal. You know, I I, want, I mean, I've seen episodes, but I don't follow it or anything like that. So, it I watch it when it's on, but I I couldn't get into what, back, back to back watching it. I've been, I, I'm too busy watching uh, live PD, and that that kind of that takes my most of my time. Have y'all watched that? Have you watched live PD? Because I, I only seen it with your. I went to your dad's house with you when I was there, and your dad was watching it, and we sat and watched it for like forty minutes. And now every time, every time I think of you at night, I imagine you in your living room with a walkie-talkie, and your dad in his living room with a walkie-talkie, commenting back and forth to each other about the cop show that's on TV. Yeah. Are they like a father and son team that look suspicious, like a little too much like each other? Like, <laughs> no, I don't Michael's really think they He's just literally Michael. Just like... Michael looks more like his mom for sure. You look way more like your mom. I look like my a bearded version of my mom. That's that's a fair <laughs> statement. <laughs> that's a fair statement. <laughs> like, I'd well, I like how mom and you'd be like, "Holy come... fuck." <laughs> I like how nobody's going to comment on the fact that Ryan's like, Michael, when I'm thinking of you at night, this is what I think about. <laughs> well, I'm gay okay. shit. So. <laughs> okay. 
whatever how to uh, live our lives Jay. <laughs> well, like one of the things i really enjoy about that live pd is so we have all these patreon supporters that are like from around the country and so you know like we've got like people in north carolina south carolina virginia california you know they're all of our patreon supporters are all spread out and they have like 30 police departments that they're following that are in like normal ass states they got like in mission texas they got somebody in i think it's like bedford indiana or something like that or or is it bedford bedford county something like that it's south of ryan yeah bedford bedford's Don't right lie. next to bloomington which is bloomington's a college town so it's like that's probably why yeah and so they got like people in north carolina south carolina and i love it because like i can watch this show and i usually do it when like i'm like modeling or something like that and it's like oh man that's what like you know samuel pedro has to deal with or like that's what like you know jordan has to deal with like because you you kind of imagine it's like these are the scum of fucking like uh or these are like the worst of the worst of like indiana right here going on right now it's pretty fucking great it's a it's a great show it's like cops but you know live it's fucking fantastic <laughs> live pd and then when me and my dad talk on our walkies man <laughs> commenting on what's going on so so what about you Jay, man how was your week man What'd you... uh my week's been a little hectic uh because i'm uh i'm actually moving uh next week to connecticut so all of the scott uh work that is going on right now with scott all of his painting is that's my hobby progress was getting all of that in a box to get to him uh, and the same thing with uh, our friend uh, Dave from Perpetual Painting. So I brought them each both a considerable amount of models to either build and or paint or just paint. <laughs> and are those, what are those, Space Wolves? Is that what's going on there? Is that what's happening? Yeah, he's, yes, painting, he's painting a ton of Space Wolves. Oh, yeah. That's the Space Wolves he's been working on. There it is. <laughs> yep, there it is. Yeah. So you yeah. change jobs or what? Or you? you no, you, I uh, got uh, promoted. I got promoted, and they're—I uh, don't know what's wrong, but they're giving me control of a whole branch. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so I'm, yeah, moving from here to uh, Connecticut. What what company do you work in, Jay? Like, what's the name of your company? Uh, Canteen. Sell your stocks in Canteen, folks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Get out! Pull no, out! The largest <laughs> food service conglomerate on earth. <laughs> they used to they used to sell us uh i worked at a factory when i got out of the army for a little bit and that's who sold us coffee and shit built sure uh if you are a big fan of uh winter soldier captain america Very good. uh the guy when he goes and hides the flash drive in the vending machine the guy who's working on the vending machine is wearing a canteen shirt looking careful product placement nice. that's right <laughs> just a little, little tidbit info for you guys hey. <laughs> Oh God! Can't believe so, I missed that one. Fuck. <laughs> How did I miss you? <laughs> oh, fantastic, dude! Glad, glad good things are happening. Glad you weren't like a, you know, witness protection program or something. So well, I keep moving around, man. That's the only way to stay one step ahead of the police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're gonna make That's you grow true. a mustache and work at a Cinnabon or something like that in fucking <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> Powerful, powerful Better Call Saul reference right there for you fellas. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Derek, how's your how's your week going, buddy? 
not nearly as awesome as uh, everybody else. I've been dealing with uh, some car issues, but got that resolved for the moment. So right now everything seems to be running smoothly. You replaced that starter, right? Yeah, it was not fun. And don't don't just push that under the table like it wasn't a big deal. Like you went, manhandled your car, pulled its fucking heart out, and put it in there. Like they, you, you need to. Yeah, I, I, oh, I definitely minute. did that. Absolutely. Wait a minute, yeah. you're describing that to change a starter. Let's get real here. I'm an ASC certified mechanic. What kind of car do you have? I've got a uh, Honda Accord. Behind the intake manifold. Oh yeah. In between the engine block. Oh, and it's the behind. Manifold. Okay, that's a motherfucker. I was like gonna be mad if he was like. I got a I got a truck with a 350 Chevy in it, and I had to take uh, two quarter inch fucking nuts off to disconnect the two battery wires and take two goddamn bolts out. It took 15 minutes. I pulled the heart of my car out in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, whenever he was like, "Yeah, I think my starter's fucking up." Ah, oh, no big deal, man. We'll just pop that bitch out. Uh, it's behind the manifold, motherfucker. <laughs> of, of course it is. There's no, there's no way it's behind that fucking manifold. He shows up. God damn, it is. <laughs> I'm like looking up YouTube videos, like specifically typing in how to remove Honda starter without removing intake manifold. <laughs> like, surely somebody's done this before. Surely there's a way. Like, we could barely get like a screwdriver through there to try to tap it. Like, <laughs> yeah. All the extensions. Yeah, you don't want to know where my oil filter is. Oh, yeah. So, he did good. Good job, Derek. I'm proud of you. So, unfortunately, my uh, heresy budget has been on pause. But, uh, yeah, things are looking up right now. Very happy. You get a shit ton of power weapons. So, so as far as my week goes, uh, I got a whole bunch of knights in, a whole bunch of knight kits. I've kind of been posting hobby progress on those and all that jazz. <clears throat> uh, work has been in fucking sane, and we actually have some stuff that we probably need to talk about because I'm going to be out of state for a couple weeks this coming up month. But I think we're going to be okay because I think I'll be back on the weekend. But that's going to be something that we're going to talk in on the back end. Uh, I've been building up some guns and shit. That's where I was at today. Shooting guns, test firing guns for the first time. Uh, I built up a 16-inch like super light AR-15 and I didn't put a flash hider or any sort of like a front muzzle brake on it so it's just like raw barrel and so i went to go shoot it today and i didn't realize there was all these wasps above me but one of the coolest things happened so like there was like a bunch of yellow jackets like right above me where where this like overhang is i fire the gun boom, one time and like three of those fuckers fall and you could tell they're like clearly dazed by what just happened they're like the Not concussion <laughs> like they weren't happy but like they were just like what the fuck just hit us like what was that and so i was like oh my god there's wasp and so i fired again because i realized what i had done to them and so like it's like another flashbang goes off and they're just like oh oh god and i was like this is great like this is the perfect way to fucking handle wasps and so i just went in with my towel and was like boop dead 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 so that was kind of fun uh other than that man it's been uh been working a lot and hobbying on the side. I got three Megaras in and a trapo a trapos, which I'm gonna model into an Asheron. I just need to get the head swap for him. And I also got a Lancer in that I don't know what I'm gonna do with, but probably not use it in the army that I'm the construction worker army. Just cause 
I want that mechanicum looking body. And then I reached out to uh, Black Label Painting, David Sampson, to see how he would do a construction theme army. And he's talking about orange, go orange. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do like a Chappie. You ever seen the movie Chappie? So the robots in Chappie that are like the 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 sparring bot kind of things, the ones that are like the demo bots, that orange, I'm gonna try and reproduce that orange onto some knights. Just really fucked up. So I gotta do Space some painting bot. like that. Huh? Space bot from Archer. Spacebot from Archer. Spacebot. I watch Archer, but I gotta find Spacebot now. Man. So yeah, that was that the, was my week. The evil week. cyborg versus Spacebot. <laughs> it's the first thing that came up. Spacebot Archer. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember this guy. It's basically the uh the lifter from what do you call From it? Aliens. Uh, aliens? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah. So do y'all have some hobby progress y'all wanna you wanna talk about? I think we kinda did. I think we touched base on all hobby progress. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, Scott's been working on the Space Wolves over there, it looks like. Ryan assembled an entire table. Uh Derek's put a car together to go get stuff for the <laughs> hobby. So that works. So I guess uh I oh, I got good, all man. my weathering stuff in. I watched because I was working double shifts at work. I literally watched like forty hours of weathering videos, and I posted my favorite one that I found. It's like an hour long on our Facebook, and then I went out and bought all the materials that I used in that video, only in a color palette suit. What I'm trying to do with my militia, and that's how I'm going to try to do my militia. I saw man, that looks. I, I that I followed that thirty minute tutorial that you posted online. And yeah. was like trying to do that guy. Those guys get really fucking into it. Like, yep. Like, I want to see, I want to like, I really, I know that there's probably somebody in my town or within like a hundred mile radius that probably does military modeling like that. And I really want to just like meet up with them. I just don't know how to make that call out or I don't know how to like reach out to those people. There's a club in Louisville where Scott's at, and I, I, we need me and him need to hook up and figure out where that's at, and then maybe they'll be on the off weekends of not game night, and then I can drive down to Louisville on the weekends that aren't game night on a Saturday, and me and Scott can go to the military modeling club. Yeah, if hell be, yeah. If you'd be willing to do that, if we could figure yeah. out where it's at. I'm going to snoop into that. I'll, I, I, this is the first I'm hearing of it, so I'll definitely uh, I'll fucking <laughs> put on my... Sherlock Holmes backwards baseball cap and figure that shit out. I just typed in like <laughs> military mo- I typed in military modeling clubs near me and the one that came up was like in northern northern Kentucky. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out, man. I don't know why I pictured Scott like infiltrating that in like a woman's blue dress with like one of those like big those big hats on, just like trying to <laughs> yeah, big sun hat. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> driving Miss Daisy because <laughs> uh, he, he's from Kentucky. It's the Kentucky Derby, so he, like, oh, where's the hats like fucking the Kardashians do when they go to the Kentucky? Just saying, Derby. I would look beautiful in that. So. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you dress like that? You don't have to infiltrate. What's welcome to the public? Like. Maybe I just felt like looking good today. <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to be ja- dashing. The fun police. I mean, jeez. <laughs> 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 Fucking fantastic. 
So, great. <laughs> I'm happy. All right, so you want to get to some voicemails? You want to knock out some voicemails? Sure. I'm excited for voicemails. So, this first one. Let's hear it. I like how somebody posted on our Facebook. They're like, I love the uh, the off-topic content that you have in y'all's Horse Heresy podcast. And I was just like, yeah, it's getting kind of it's getting kind of more general podcast recently, but I love it. Like, just yeah, we 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 play Horace Heresy. Don't worry about it. All right, here's some voicemail. Hey guys, it's Jack from Kentucky, and I just want to say, God damn it, Scott! There needs to be some type of warning on in front of every single story you tell from now on. Because <laughs> I was driving, getting into work. I'm all happy. Next thing I know, I'm like, man, I love some pineapples. I love pineapple. And then it's like, Jesus Christ, I never want to eat a pineapple again. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, everybody else, keep up the good work. Scott, just put a warning, like a siren, on the beginning of every single one of your stories. That's all I'm asking. That way I know I need to go ahead, stop, take a shot of whiskey, shot of bourbon, shot of whatever, and go, okay, now I can listen to it. I told my dad that story that you told. Oh, go ahead, Scott. First, all right, my my response. First off, Jack, on the warnings, no can do, Brosif. All right, I will not hide you from the world. Okay, I will show it. I will show its glorious light to you, whether you want to see it or not. <laughs> you know what? We never talked about that. That reminds me of because Jack is uh, best friends with Duncan Kendall. Yeah. The prison break story. We never fuck, discussed that. Fuck. How did we not yeah. discuss that? Duncan, you're out there. Call in. Leave us a voicemail. Yeah. Voice memo. Oh, please, Duncan. Please give us a give us some sort of feed us like the baby birds we are. Well, you you yeah, seen I, it? I sent you I sent you the picture of the message he sent me. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. I've seen it. I'm, yeah. I need him to feed our our listeners out there. Yeah. I told my dad that story about the pineapple, the whole pineapple story, and I told it exactly like Scott told it to us with no fucking, like, no buildup or nothing, like like a normal story, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the combine ate her little brother and spit blood all over the place. And my dad's driving. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, he's like, huh? <laughs> like, she, she did what? And my dad's like... What he did? How? What? Like what? Ha- like he cannot process. I'm like, look, that's all the information I got, Dad. Like, don't ask me any more questions. You can't process have it. Too bad that combine can process that little kid and <laughs> fucking ran over. But, <laughs> dude, it was it's so many questions. I was like, Dad, don't ask me any questions because I don't have any answers for you. But <laughs> that little kid was gone. Well- Imagine the driver of whatever farm machinery it was. You know he's in there listening to fucking Kenny Chesney. You think my tractor's sexy or some shit? Like yeah. just bopping along in his fucking Jake Bussy hat, like not paying attention. And all of a sudden he's like, he's like, what just happened? Oh god! I'm gonna lose no, my union is... card over this one. Fuck yeah. And what nobody's brought up is. All of a sudden, these teachers now have to explain to the parents how they didn't even lose a kid. I mean, they lost him. He's a little bit over here and a little bit over here. <laughs> he, he got spray shat all over some pineapples. Yeah, there's, he's, he's fertilizer now. And by the way, Ryan, this is probably in like the late 90s, I would feel like. So 
It was probably like friends in low places was what that guy was dra- was jamming out. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> oh man, that was a fucking brutal fucking story. <laughs> I need to go catch up on that. <laughs> oh yes, you do. <laughs> Hey, what's up? It's John from El Paso. Um, listening to the uh, latest episode and all those industrial accidents. If you guys get uh, listeners that uh, I don't know that at least the Long Beach area, if there are any that uh, know people that worked on the docks, the dock workers there have some of the most gruesome fucking stories. People just dying in just horrific ways, like. Big, huge Connex containers landing on them, getting crushed between them, cable snapping, going across the, uh, a, a ship deck, just like slicing the dude in half. Uh, also, like falling off a train, uh, getting caught in a like a, a rock crusher that there was. Uh, oh God, there was some of the most gruesome stories I've ever heard. Uh, it'd be awesome to hear some more from uh, some people that have worked there. Well, John, you're in luck. We have a number of people that have worked on <laughs> docks before that are just so happen to be in our Patreon group. Like, I know we have a number of Patreon, Patreon subscribers on the East Coast that all know about dock work and have all worked on docks and have probably heard stories. Actually, one of our Patreon subscribers has a story about a... Uh, I don't know if we should tell it now that I'm thinking about it. The whole toilet seat and the razor blades. Remember that shit? Oh, yeah. Christopher, well, if he wants to tell it, he can call in and tell it, but let's not tell it if, you know what I mean? We'll let yeah. him do it if he wants to. He can call in. So, so yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll try and shake the <laughs> shake the hive a little bit and try and get, try and jiggle some stories out for you, John. Uh, but we do, we did have a little stream of industrial accident stories coming in. We Like I said, the powerful, powerful Sir Coxman submitted one to us already, so... Three actually, and it's up to did, us to determine. Did I tell you? Did I tell you guys the one about the? Because we get the accident reports at work anytime, any because we have a, a company that's worldwide, and nice. every time there's an accident or a death or something that's severe, we get an email that explains where it was at and what happened. But because it's just like an email, like whitewashed by HR, it describes the most horrific shit, like the most like plain terminology as possible, which makes it more horrific. Like they don't understand <laughs> if you, if they just went, could you believe how fucked up this is? Check this out and told the story. It's not as bad as going, uh, the contractor was walking, whatever, and did not have his proper PPE on. And when the forklift backed up, it pinned him into the concrete barricade that he was walking next to. <laughs> and he shit out his bowels. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's way worse. No, well, that would even be, it's not even he shit out his bowels. It's that um, his lower intestine was forcibly evacuated. evacuated from his anus. And he had to be airlifted <laughs> to, like, shit like that. Like, that's how they, like, try to whitewash it. And it just makes it worse. I feel like that's what would have happened in my intestine if Brick would have fucking slammed ass one more time on Saturday <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Forcefully evacuated. I feel like that's what Jason was having last night. Um, but I got a bunch, man. Did I? Uh, I got one that's a straight email from work. I know I've sent Scott the guy going down the ladder backwards. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
Man, should we save that and do like like actually do the episode we talked about where we put out the industrial yes. accidents and yes, people have absolutely. to? Absolutely, we need to break the glass like filler anyway, so that would be a good yeah. one. Yeah, we 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 do have a break the glass that we owe, and I mean at this point, like that seems like this we're gonna just have a whole new podcast at the end of this all. Like, okay. so just well, industrial not only stories. not only can I prove, I mean, I have like people are like, "Oh, that Ryan's full of shit. That didn't happen." I'm like, I got emails, motherfucker. Like, I oh, got yeah. screen, I got screen captures. <laughs> Fuck yeah, at the glass factory, watching people get made into little man flays. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> the only thing I have to deal with is high pressure stuff. You know what? We'll talk about it. We'll like, we'll have a special break well, the last episode for our Patreon subscribers, and we'll, we'll. Me and Scott, before I did this podcast, we were going to do it for the Eye of Horus, and we wrote a big list, and and teased him and Michael about it. But we were like, man, we don't like this. Is kind of like maybe too provocative of stuff. This was before the puppy story and all that shit on here. And me and Scott were like trading all these stories. <laughs> We were trading all these stories, and we were like, man, like, would people people handle this, like, an hour and a half of this, like, Faces of Death style, just grim <laughs> fucking talk? And, and, Before and the we podcast like, community yeah. grew the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> the world changed that day. <laughs> the whole podcast community has never been the same after Puppygate, boys. <laughs> like, yeah. Innocence was destroyed on that day. That was that was the first fucking, <laughs> fucking the first casualty of RFI. Hello, darkness, my old friend, just playing in the background. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a race to the bottom ever since. Yeah, for real, man. RFI, first casualty, innocence. <laughs> okay. Let's see what else we got here. Let's move back. Move back to the voicemails. Okay. Hi, uh, my name is John Paul Saint Clair. I just got out of the army. Uh, I'm here in Colleen, Texas, and just calling to say, real excited. This is a great time to get out because 8th edition dropped for 40k, 30k, still looking promising. Real excited. Just wanted to throw that out there. Hope you guys are enjoying it all as much as I am. Alrighty. Everybody have a great day. <laughs> I love that. Shit. I was in Colleen a couple weeks ago. Colleen, Texas. So if there's any... Uh... Never heard a good thing about Colleen, Texas. I'm going to be real with you. You guys <laughs> might know better than me down there, but uh, pretty sketchy little town. For what I understand. <laughs> they got college stuff. They got that uh, uh, what Fort Hood, and then they've also got uh, what do you call it? There's like a Caterpillar school there, like a, a diesel mechanic school and shit like that. I know a lot of people that go to that school. That sounds like fun. Being turned into a drug mule, fuck it, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Fort, Fort Hood's there. Yeah, yes. isn't yeah. that where Chris? Yeah. Isn't that where Chris Duncan was at? Oh, he tell you all about it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. We can get him on and talk about it if you guys want. <laughs> it's like every giant parking lot you've ever been in that's 120 degrees, and you're like you're like trying to go to the mall, but you can't even see the stores. Your park's so far away. You're just walking <laughs> through the heat, but that, but forever, no matter where. You <laughs> like this eighth circle Scott's of Scott's like, there's still part of me there in that parking yeah. lot. <laughs> Got you. Dude, that's the fucking 
Oh, okay. This is fucking another tangent. I'm sorry, but I can't <laughs> bring help it, myself. Bring it. So, let it out. Don't let it become a shit. I was doing like a like an OC thing, like when I was stationed at Rag, I went there to be like a a coach for units that were doing training at this place called White Sands Missile Range. And one of the units from uh, White Sands is where they tested the first atomic bomb. So it's like a dried up Salt Lake place. It's fucking flat forever desert. All that. So the unit that I was coaching was one of those units from Fort Hood. And like they they didn't bring like any water or food or anything out to the desert. So in I like I got instructions. I I brought my own, but they were like, "Hey, if you need to refill, you have to go fucking talk to one of those units." Well, I I had like seventy two hours worth of stuff, so I knew no matter what, I could make it back. Well, fucking started running low, and they started pushing farther and farther north into the New Mexican desert to do these like live fire ranges with their Abrams and shit, and I. I was like starting to run out of water and I was like, man, I'm pretty sure these guys don't have it. So I started looking up bear girl survival tips on my phone. I was like, wait, if I gotta drink pit, like what color should it be? I don't know. These guys are all fucked up. They're gonna die out here, but not me. I'm gonna make you back. <laughs> that got real. That got real like real quick. Like you, yeah. you were like, you were probably like an hour away from civilization, and yet like somehow oh, he dude. was like, I was I was out there for like I was on like day four, and I was I was in this shitty ass fucking Humvee with no doors, no windows, no nothing. It's just fucking an open air Humvee. That's like the only shelter I had, and I'm just following these tanks all the way through the fucking desert, and. A little bit about me, I was a fucking light infantryman my whole career. Like, a, I was a paratrooper, so I know exactly fucking nothing about vehicles and tanks. And I was just like, I'm going to fucking die out here, because these guys don't know what they're doing either. I'm going to have to look up <laughs> on my phone, like, what type of lizard do I need to dig out of the ground to eat to <laughs> provide me with nutrients and vitamins to get back? That's how that, what uh, kind of that UFC fighter Evan Tanner died. Yeah, he, right he rode his dirt bike out in the desert just for funsies. He's like, I'm just going to go ride out in the desert because the desert's cool. And then he got out there, and then it fucking broke down, and he couldn't get it kickstarted, and then died of exposure. There it is. The, the, the desert is not In cool. a day. It's not like people at all. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, like, but were these people in the tanks, were they just like... Fine. Did they have like a microwave in there? Were they warming up hot pockets? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, they were like, uh, yeah, you have to, like, we're going to take so much out of your paycheck while you're out there and you'll just get resupplied from those dudes. And I was kind of like shifty eyes looking at them. I was like, I guess. I'm <laughs> fucking not sure. It's sure enough Skip I get out there and they're up. like, yeah, man, we don't have enough food, water, fucking, oh, we're all fucked. And they were, uh, they were playing Op 4, so they were, like, the enemy for a unit that was training there, like, for force-on-force training. So no one gives a fuck about those dudes. Like, they're just <laughs> like, whatever. Just be where you need to be, when you need to be, and don't bitch about it. <laughs> it was a fucking experience, man. I fucking hate desert for a lot of reasons, but that's... that's I told you about my asshole friend that when he went got sent to the first Gulf War... 
He took all his cold weather, everything that he had cold weather, his blanket, everything out out of his bag and just put cartons of cigarettes in there because he goes, <laughs> we're going to the fucking desert. Why do I need this cold weather <laughs> stuff? And he pulls Famous all of it out word. and fills it oh, with cigarettes. And he, his, whole squ- his whole squad did it. So then he said that they're a scout unit for the 1st Armored Division, so they're all out in their Bradleys like two days ahead of all the Abrams tanks on the road to Baghdad when we pushed up the road and like took Baghdad in a week or whatever. Then he said they froze their ass off every night because it got down below zero, yep. and all they had was their normal <laughs> fucking fatigues. And they said they left so fast they didn't even have desert gear. They're in fucking jungle fatigues, and they have no, oh, no cold weather shit, and they're sleeping in a metal Bradley, freezing their fucking ass off, but they got all the cigarettes they could have smoked. <laughs> Surviving on grit and nicotine at that point. Yeah, people forget about that. So, so yeah, man. Uh, Colleen, man, you're not that far from Austin. There's some great great warhammer going down in austin uh there's a facebook group set up i know it's probably about a 30 minute to an hour drive but totally worth it to head down to austin to go get some some sweet heresy action going on and 40k action they got both over there uh but uh if you're not already definitely get in the south texas horse heresy facebook group and get some game set up if you're new to the area yeah, 30 minutes isn't bad for Texas. I know we've driven way longer for less. Way less things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, next up on the list, our next voicemail. Hey, guys, it's Iron Hand Will. Uh, thought I'd leave you a fun little Indiana uh, story. So this would have been 2001, 2002, uh, sometime before Gen Con moved to, to Indianapolis because I was going from Buffalo to Chicago to uh, visit some friends and then on to Gen Con. Uh, so I'm driving across 90, and at the time, I'm driving an 88 Ford uh, LTD, which for those who don't know what an LTD is, it's a station wagon or a state car, depending on where you're from. But it's an exceptionally craptacular state car or st- station wagon. Um, I've been driving uh, through really bad construction. They've got it closed down to one lane, and I've been stuck behind this 18-wheeler probably for a good 20, 30 minutes, uh, long enough to get really frustrated. And I came up onto a passing zone. So I pull out to pass this 18-wheeler I've been stuck behind, only to find out I've been stuck behind three 18-wheelers, and I can already see the end of the passing zone uh, from where I'm at. So I lay my foot down uh, on the pedal to haul ass to get past these three semis. And as I'm trucking down the road, don't you know it, but uh, there's a break in the barrier and there sits a uh, state trooper. So uh, I get on further down the road. Um, He eventually catches up with me and pulls me over, asks for license, insurance, registration, all that. And I hand him over my paperwork and he asks me, do you have any drugs, knives, guns, bombs, uh, rocket launchers, tanks, ICBMs. I say, yes. He gets all worried and takes a half step back, his hand dropping down near his uh, weapon. And I go, I have an ICBM strapped underneath this thing. How else do you think I got a fucking Ford LTD going that fast? Cop almost falls over laughing from uh, relief, uh, takes my paperwork and goes back to the car. He's back there. A couple of minutes, he 
few more minutes. I'm starting to get worried. What the hell's going on? Is there something happened that I don't know? I'm about to be arrested for some warrant I didn't even know existed that I've never had in my life. After almost 10 minutes, he comes back, hands me his paperwork, or my paperwork, and he says, there's been a bank robbery. I have to go. You have a good day and drive safe. <laughs> and there that is. <laughs> Hey, Man, I, I, I can bet tell he you what. Pull that joke in 2017. <laughs> 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 yeah, you don't, you don't pull that shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's not seeing that video. He's coming right for me. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm telling you, man. Tell post you 9/11. About my dad. Did I ever tell well, you that story about my, um, about my dad? We were in Philadelphia, and we I wanted to see the Naval Yard. And so he's like, yeah, let's go. We'll go see the ships. So we drive up and I'm probably 12 and uh, we get up to the gate and the Marine guard is like, you know, we're like, we'd like to get in to see the, just we'll see the ships. And the Marine guard's like, sure. If you have, you know, a government or military ID. And my father being a smart ass says, I've got an ID, but if I showed you, I'd have to kill you. And so the guard then takes a step back and reaches for his gun. And my mother starts freaking out in the car and grabs the kids. Everybody down. And it's just like, sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Not a good time for a dad joke, dad. Exactly. <laughs> your dad sounds fucking hardcore. <laughs> He's all, yeah, this was post 9 11, like too, motherfucker. It's like the Simpsons <laughs> episode where they. The Simpsons episode where they go to England and they're jumping around in front of the English guard and the funny hat at the palace that can't move in all the faces. And then they, he doesn't do anything, obviously. And then they go to the American embassy and Homer's doing it the same thing in front of the Marine and the Marine dots his eye, <laughs> knocks him out. And he goes, this is American oil, sir. We don't do that shit here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. All right, here we go. Hey, this is Jack again from Kentucky. You know what? That's the day I've had. Fuck it. Let's not fucking go fucking full force <laughs> and fucking harass people and fucking make people cry. Uh, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just got lost inside my head. Can I delete this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's ours now. No, cannot, Jack, but God. the sentiment is mutual, buddy. I mean, I right. confused. I'm going to pull over. Bye. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> he was in traffic when that happened. <laughs> I'm glad over the course Don't of this worry, podcast, Jack. you redeemed yourself. We will not be silent. <laughs> we will continue to broadcast. Oh, oh, look, he left another message. Hold on. This is Jack again. So what I was gonna say was, fuck it. Just get all this. Let Scott, Scott start off the show, beginning of the show each week with a fucking horrible story. That way you just get it out of the way and people cry at the very beginning and they just break it off in their ass. And they'll get used to it. And they'll enjoy every minute of it. I feel better now. Thank you. Have a glorious day. Well, thank you. <laughs> Alright, Scott. You better get a fucked up story ready at the beginning of the uh, end of the week. Doing what one I of those can, every man. week. They don't write just themselves. go watch. <laughs> <laughs> Just go watch live leaks all day and just come back with the worst of the worst. Hop on your favorite subreddit and fucking <laughs> really find some gems on there, too. <laughs> what was that old website? What was it? Raffles? Something like that. Like, the, like it was the grossest videos you could find on the internet. Like, Raffles? Was it? E-fucked. 
<laughs> you fucked. I don't remember. But yeah, there used to be some fucked up websites. Oh yeah, still, still is. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure there still are. <laughs> well, that's it for voicemails. So let me see here. Let me pull up this uh, uh, Dan Porter. Sir Coxman, PhD. By the way, congratulations, Dan, on getting your PhD. Uh, now we can call you Sir Coxman, PhD. Uh, so we got there's, three stories. There's another we'll PhD like... in the room. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 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 he hold Derek. Back in the saddle. So we got three stories. We got hungry, hungry Conroe. We have dodge this, and we have. A pirate's end. So, which one of these three stories? Those are all great news. We'll have Jay pick. Let's have Jay pick. What do you want? Uh, let's do the pirate story. Cool, great. That's the one I was hoping you'd say. So, this is this comes from Mr. Coxman. It says, "I heard episode sixty-one where you were all talking about the potential for an industrial accident story episode. So, I thought I would submit a few from my time working in West Africa." I worked there in the late 90s for a shipping company, alternatively working for a port of Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire, and doing rotations on the Conroe, or the container roll-on, roll-off, ships in the company fleet. My job on the ship was managing the logistics of loading and unloading of cargo at the right ports in a ship's rotation. Whilst working in the ports, my job was coordinating the goods coming in from port for us to ship elsewhere. It was basically like playing a big game of Tetris. Working in Africa taught me three things. Firstly, always take your malaria medication, no matter how shit makes you feel. Secondly, Russian sailors are hard as fucking nails. And thirdly, the more desperate someone is, the less life holds any value, whether it be their own or other people's. I think my stories bear out the truth of the third thing in particular. For the purposes of your episode, I think you want some true and some false. All of the stories below are possibly true or false, just so you know. Equally, if you'd like me to record these for your listening pleasure, I'd be happy to do so. So I'm going to read this out. I'm going to read this first story out. And, of course, Dan, we would love to hear your British, beautiful, PhD-ridden voice reading these out. But I'm going to go ahead and read out this first one. And if you decide you'd like to record these, we will gladly play them. And I'm pretty sure all of our listeners out there would also like to see, to hear your voice say these. So I don't think I can do them justice, but I will read out this first one. So the first one, the first story, a pirate's end. The pattern of goods transferred between Europe and West Africa is not at all surprising when you think about it. In European ports, ships are filled with finished goods and heavy equipment for mining, agriculture, and the like, whereas in Africa, ports are shipped are filled with produce and other raw materials. What might not be immediately apparent is the number of cars shipped from Africa to Europe. Not new ones either. There was, probably still is, a roaring trade in the second-hand cars in Africa where cars exhibit lives like the 200-year-old axe. You know, where a man claims to own a 200-year-old axe that has 12 new handles and 7 new heads. Basically, car parts are gold because you can then use them to rig your car and keep running. Most people along the African coast know that container ships heading south probably have cars on board. What's more, Conroe ships are slowly and relatively low in water at the start of the African rotation because they're full of cargo. This leads to a specific form of criminal endeavor that I have never witnessed anywhere before or since. Car theft by pirates. <laughs> Locals on the coast would board small outboard uh, powered boats and sail up next to a Conroe ship at night. 
These audacious scallywags would then board the ship using grapples and ropes looking for the car deck. Working in teams, one man would start dismantling cars into their constituents' parts, whilst the others ferried the parts back to the waiting boats. These guys were experts at it, too. More experienced hands reckoned a skilled team of these nautical naughty boys could strip a car to a shell in under 15 minutes and have it back in the waiting boats. They have always left the shell, though, like a Galapagos tortoise that has been eaten by hungry sailors. So one particular night, they're off the coast of Liberia, and I'm standing the 0 to 4 match, a 0 to 4 watch or midnight to 4 a.m. Suddenly, one of the crew raises the alarm, and I ordered the searchlights to scan the docks. Sure enough, there are about 60 men in track suits running for the decks from rails, carrying armloads of car parts. Like fucking roaches, dude. Like, like ah, there they are. Get them. <laughs> like, <laughs> just immediately. Oh. Uh, there's no stopping them, and they're over the side and away with their booty. What's also become apparent, though, is they had a seventh man has been cornered by a couple crew members. In a desperate attempt to avoid capture, he has grabbed a, few, a fire axe from a hose reel station and is holding them at bay by swinging it wildly above his head. I arrive and realize very quickly that there is no talking this chap down. Either he's going to kill someone with an axe or he's getting away, so I ordered the crew men to back off. As quick as a flash, he drops the axe and dives overboard. I run the rail and watch him go. The dive is spectacular. Great form. And I think for a second he's going to make it. That is until I notice he's got his foot caught in the fire hose. It's all over the floor from where he'd broken into the hose station to get the axe. And he obviously got entangled in it whilst fending us off. Halfway to the water, his hose snaps taut. And there's a sound like a bending, blending of a gunshot and a tearing bed sheet as his leg dislocates and partially shears off with a force of coming to an abrupt halt might dive. Think bungee jumping using a chain instead of elastic. <laughs> Held fast by the hose, his dive turns into a swing, and his screaming form arcs towards the hole, slamming him into the hole with a sonorous <laughs> gong sound. <laughs> Finally, as the hose unraveled from his ruined legs, he slid into the water to be sucked under the ship into the propellers. <laughs> <laughs> the other pirates didn't notice he was missing or didn't care. None of them turned back for him. <laughs> Neither did the crew of the ship, for that matter, though. One did mutter something about hoping nothing got stuck in the prop mechanism whilst reeling the hose black in. I, for one, went and toasted the end of my worthy foe with three shots of dark rum once my watch was over. It seemed only the right thing to do. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, jumped overboard with a fire hose attached to his leg and got slammed against the ship and then fell into the ship's propellers. I'm sure he's all right. <laughs> Merely a flesh so, wound. <laughs> so that guess sounds like a South Park episode I've seen. <laughs> so do you think that's a true story or a false story? I have the answer. False. True. Scott, what do you say? False. It's false, man. I say false. Derek? I got to go true. I, I want to believe. Well, 50% of y'all are right. It is, in fact, a true story <laughs> that did happen oh, to the Coxman. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. So, so, yes, bungee jumping. You can catch some the alligators with that bait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, very much true. We have two more stories, guys, from the Coxman. We'll definitely have to get something going on with those and, and possibly just, we might just 
trickle them out like we did the uh, the Fargo stories. So, uh, so anyway, let's get on some some Horace Heresy talk about uh, this big game that went down. How uh, what happened there, guys? Start it off, Scott. So, uh, since Jay's leaving in all, we wanted to do a big team game. So. Me and Ryan played on a team, 2,500 points uh, a player, so, uh, you know, 5K aside, against Jay and a buddy of ours, Jason, who plays Dark Mechanicum. And we played uh, – we put some pictures up on the RFI page, but um, we played on Ryan City Fight Board. I think the mission was Shatter Strike. I'm not mis- Let's mistaken. Let's do our list real quick. Go through yep. your list because we got almost everybody here. Cool. All right. So my list was – I was playing Solar Ox. Um, I was playing a Lord Marshal as my HQ, and then in my two other uh, HQ slots in the Age of Darkness Force Org, I had um, two tank commanders with tank hunters, and we'll get to what I put them in later. Um, in my troop slots, I had uh, two 20-man units of LAS rifle dudes with an Aegis defense line and a quad gun. Uh, it bought as an upgrade for one of those units. And then two units of Velotaris with Volkai chargers and Droxons with all the trimmings and a demolisher cannon. Those are 10-man squads, so I, I didn't really mind the demolisher cannon like limiting that transport capacity. Uh, in my fast attack, I didn't have any fast attack choices. Yeah, I did. Uh, my two fast attack choices were uh, individual selections of Lehman Rush Vanquishers with... Um, mounted last cannons and armored ceremony that's where i put those tank commanders in so that gives them the ability to hit on threes with tank hunter so they're kind of sort of worth it uh so those are two separate fast attack choices and those are pretty decent too as well as we found out because they're fast they they have that flank special rule and they have induction chargers so they're fast vehicles so they didn't come up in this game but it's came up before uh, for one turn of the game, they become fast vehicles. You can move them 12 inches to get into like the side arc of a Spartan or something like that, and shoot that uh that Vanquisher cannon into into something like that with a flare shield. Um, in my heavy support, I had two individual selections of basilisks with a uh, armored ceramite, and my Lord of War was a Stormhammer with armored ceramite and targeters. Um, I just left the regular multi lasers on there because that's how I have it modeled. But uh, I actually think it's probably a pretty preferable build. Those the multitude of strength six shots and super heavy's ability to fire different targets made it, uh, I guess, a more utilitarian. I suppose so. That's my list. Um, so I was on Scott's team. Um, my half of the five k. Well, I played my black shields. I had a Reaver Lord. With Artificer Armor, Power Fist, Lightning Claw, Digital Lasers, Cyber Familiar, Rad Grenades, and Iron Halo. Um, I had a Chaplain with his Crozius was an axe, and he had Artificer Armor and Boarding Shield. Then I had eight Marauders. Uh, By the way, I'm running the Onslaught Detachment, so I only had to take a single troop and a single heavy to make the list legal. But me and Scott were forced to go second. Uh, So my one troop choice... Compulsory troop choice was eight Marauders. The Marauder Chief had a Power Fist and Shotgun. And then the other seven Marauders all had a Chain Axe, Bolt Pistol, and Shotgun. And one of them had a, a, 
uh, the Torrented Flamer, the Pariah Flamer. For my second troop's choice, but it's a compulsory troop's choice because I only have to take one compulsory, was a 10-man tactical support squad. All 10 of them had Pariah Flamers. Uh, the Sergeant had Melt Bombs and a Power Axe. Um, uh, then for Elites, I had a five-man Cataphracty Terminator squad. Uh, four of or three of them had power fist and two of them had chain fist, uh, and they were in a dedicated anvilus dreadclaw. Then for my second elite choice, I had nine cataphracty terminators. Uh, three of them have chain fist, and then all the rest of them had power fist. Uh, then for my third elite uh, slot, I had just an apothecary and artificer armor. And then for my fourth and final elite slot, I had uh, ten. Uh, veteran Space Marines, and all 10 of them have Combi Meltas. And the Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Fist. Then for Fast Attack, I took two Anvilus Dreadclaws, just individuals. And then for Heavy Support, I took a Charybdis Assault Claw. And then for Lord of War, I took a Skull Avenger Strike Fighter with Kraken Penetrators and Battle Server Control. And then I put all nine... Uh, the big squad of Cataphracty, the nine Cataphracty, and the Chaplain in the Charybdis. And then I put the ten veterans with the Combi Miltas in uh, one of the Anvilises. And then I put the ten-man uh, Pariah Flamer squad in the other Anvilis. And then, I forgot to say it, but the uh, eight Marauders had a dedicated Anvilis uh, for them. And the uh, Reaver Lord and the uh, Apothecary went in there with them. And uh, my... Uh, Black Shield trait I was running was the Chimera trait, the uh, the option that gives you plus one strength, plus one toughness, but uh, you're minus one to charge range. You can't sweep and you can't run. And you're minus one initiative, if I didn't say that. So that was my list. And uh, my list, I ran my Death Guard. Uh, started with a uh, Siege Breaker in Cataphracty uh, with two Phosphex bombs and the uh, Power Scythe. Uh, I had a uh, Primus Medicae in Cataphracty, just base. Uh, for troops, uh, I ended up needing 90 points, uh, and so I just threw in another two-man uh, Death Shroud because they are scoring. And so then I took seven uh, Veteran Tacticals in a uh, Dreadclaw, Combi Meltas, and made them Marksmen. I took seven veteran tacticals in a rhino uh, and outflanked them with uh, marksmen and gave them combi flamers. And then another seven veteran tacticals in another dreadclaw and made them. They had combi meltas, but they were also marksmen. I had a. They were machine killers. You had one machine killer. One machine killer, yep. And then uh, the elites, I had one uh, two quad launcher battery with shatter shells and phosphex. And then a single quad launcher and another battery with shatter shells and phosphex. The two uh, endless dread claws. Seven Grave Warden Terminators. Uh, three with uh, Chain Fists in a Charybdis. And then I took Mortarian. So Mortarian went with the Grave Wardens and the Primus Medicae in the Charybdis. And the uh, Siege Breaker went with the Death Shroud. So... And then Jason had... Yeah, J uh, Jason, the other guy playing that was Jay's partner, he had Scoria for his HQ. Um, he was in a squad of Castellax, and those Castellax had uh, the Darkfire uh, cannons 
and they had uh, what's that weapon? Siege, the siege thing. Siege what's wreckers. It? Siege yeah. wreckers. Yep. And then they also had a uh, flamer. So they had two flamers, a siege wrecker and the the uh, dark fire uh, cannon. And then they had the uh, the enhanced targeting upgrade. And then he had another two Castellacs that were, uh, they just had the standard close combat weapons and that had dark fire cannons and the enhanced targeting upgrade. Then he had the Thanatar Stenax, the one that shoots the four plasma shots. Mm-hmm. Then he had a Arvis lighter with, how many Mervidan Destructors started in that? Do you remember, Scott? He had five. He had five Mervidan Destructors in a, in a uh, Arvis. Uh, Are they destructors or secutors? They were the ones that can take the destructors. They had yeah, the, graviton imploders. They all had graviton imploders. Who had the atropos? Him. He had the. He he, he had a knight atropos um, for his lord of war. Um, Scorius homunculus. And- oh yeah, yeah. Then Scoria is allowed to take a, a upgraded uh, all attacks called the homunculus. He had that, and then he had another uh, all attacks, and they. He had some upgrades on them, but I don't remember what they were. I know they have like some type of lash thing that gives them fucking rampage and all kinds of crazy fucking rules. Oh yeah, brutal fucking little um, lash whip thing. Did you? I think that was it on his stuff. Did, did he have anything else, Scott? I think no, I that, think was, that it. was it, man. He yeah. just had to. Yeah, that's yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So now. I was a little bit worried at first. I don't know about you having to fight Scoria and fucking Mortarion and either one of us had like my my Lord of War was just a you know, a fucking two hole point flyer. And uh you have I mean you had a super heavy tank, but you know, you don't have a good like there, we yeah, didn't really have a, a great answer. It's a crowd control vehicle, you know, it's not much of a uh a fucking high damage output to things like that like monstrous creatures it's not like a shadow sword or something like that so it uh i was i was sweating that it did pretty well yeah it did all right i mean it's it is very durable um it's one of those it's one of those units that i think if you if you include it in your army talking about the storm hammer uh it's it's not necessarily going to kill its points worth of what it does, but it has the ability to like impact the game in a way that it will make it worth it. Like it killed two scoring units of Jays that were in in our deployment zone that would have amounted to four victory points for their team, so that helped a lot. Yeah. So now go ahead and tell them the mission and who went first and all that, Scott. All right. So the mission was Shatter Strike, which if uh, if you're following along, it's um. It's it's essentially you're trying to get scoring units into your enemy's deployment zone. For every scoring unit in your enemy's deployment zone, you get two points. For every denial unit of yours in your enemy's deployment zone, you get one point. Secondaries are attrition, slay the warlord, and price of failure is also one of the special mission rules for that mission. Now, since Ryan was playing onslaught, we got our chance to seize, but other than that, we go second. Um cool thing with the solar ox is your lord marshal can pick his warlord trait so the warlord trait i picked was from the solar ox table which was giving out all my army shrouded turn one and that kind of since ryan was playing a really reserve heavy army and a a drop army i just kind of turtled up behind my units bubble wrap my tanks and things like that to try to withstand the the blast of uh, all those dread claws of jays coming in (laughs) 
boss fact squad more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, we put uh, you hit stuff in reserve too. Yeah, I hit some stuff in reserves, uh put those uh vanquishers and outflanked, all that good stuff and it ended up paying off pretty well because with Shrouded and it was Night Fight, I think, as well. Jason had some stuff that had infravisors and enhanced targeting arrays, but between intervening units and having Shrouded and the Aegis defense line and all this, I still had really good cover saves. So I ended up, um, I think, first turn I lost five regular last rifle dudes, and he managed to pick off one of the Basilisk, but that was it before Ryan stuff dropped in. Yeah. So, no what do you think That's of your a first very turn? Safe first turn. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was pretty shocked. Well, we were ten thousand points versus like five thousand. No, it was five thousand versus twenty-five, and God, then you have twenty-five because he had two Dracazins off the board and both Lehman Russes off the board. Both Lehman Russ off. Yeah, it's a good thing Solar Ox are hard as fuck and don't care. So, <laughs> I guess they just. <laughs> Until they meet the death route and then run screaming off the board. Is that how it went down? I think that's, um, that's how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking the test results here say that is a lie, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we tried to because Phosphex only has a thirty-six inch range, and Scott's guys all have hardened armor, all his infantry. So we knew if they shot the normal rounds from the quad launchers at him, he would just get to reroll all his armor yeah, like saves. Like your Bellatars have reinforced void hardened armor, so they can. Right. If it's not AP4, then they get a... Right. So, so our plan was to stick everything out of Phosphex range where they would have to uh, shoot normal rounds at him where he wouldn't lose very many guys. So that worked out really well. And then um, Jason's, we couldn't really get away from the Darkfire cannons because they shoot so far. Uh, so that's what got Scott's Basilisk. Uh but that was really all like the long range stuff they had. Then he hit as a tropos. He took he didn't start it on the board because he knew we had, you know, I had those ten Meltavets in a uh, dreadclaw, so he was leery of that. And then obviously his Arvis with all the Myrmidons had to start off the board. So, what did you think about your guys' first turn? I uh, I definitely think I would have done something. So I my, turn I had a Meltavet squad come in in a Dreadclaw and Mortarian's Charybdis come in. And so I tried to block some of the board uh, because the Charybdis is so large yep. uh, and be able to swing either way depending on where you came in. So he basically dropped it right dead center in the middle of the board. And uh, ended up just spending the first turn inside all my pods because I didn't want to get out without being able to charge and just get shot off the board which tends to happen quite a bit. <laughs> so Scott had bubble wrapped his uh, big tank with a, a unit of 20 guys where Jay couldn't get his dread call real close. And um, so Jay would have been able to get, and the way Jay scattered, he wouldn't have been able to get all the melt shots he needed on the storm, uh, storm hammer, right? Yep. yep yes. And um, he would have also been in the front arc. So it would have been, even with machine killer, he, he wouldn't have got yeah. a lot of damage through it. Plus it's 10 hole points, right? Yep, ten whole points. It's one yeah. more than a vein blade. Yep. So uh, we weathered that pretty well. So then on our first turn, uh, half my stuff comes in. So I chose the big unit of Cataphracty and the Charybdis with the Chaplain, um, the eight Marauders with the Apothecary and the Reaver Lord and his in his Dreadclaw, and then the uh, five Cataphracty in a Dreadclaw. So I dropped 
uh, we were playing Dawn of War deployment. So Jason on one flank, all the way kind of on its own, he'd put the, the two Castellacs that weren't attached to Scoria. Um, so I dropped my five Cataphracti there. And right next to them, he had his Thanatar. So I dropped my, and his, uh, my Reaver Lord and the Marauders right in front of that. And then right in the middle of the board, they had uh, Scoria, the other two Castellacs, and then all of Jay's Quad Mortars. So I dropped my big unit of Terminators there. And then I knew Mortarian was kind of off, you know, further up the board. So my idea was to make them turn around and come at us so that it would, because, you know, they're trying to get in our deployment zone. Right. So I basically landed, like, fairly close to the board edge. But, like, I, I placed all my pods so they'd be at least 12 inches where I couldn't scatter off the board. But then with my flat-out movement after I landed, I put all my claws basically touching their board edge way back in their deployment zone. But I made sure that they didn't have any units or enough units to totally surround the pods and, you know, keep me trapped there and blow them up and kill all my guys. Like, I was smart about it. So I was trying to force them to turn around and deal with all that shit because all those are really hard, tough-to-kill units. Um, and they're all scoring, and then my pods are back there, and I have a lot of, like, area I can move because those pods are fast, and I can get out six and assault the very next turn. All those things are very good in assault. So it was an immediate threat that they had to deal with. So I didn't really deal any damage. It was just more, you know, dropping pods in and staging for the next turn. And then Scott shot a bunch of shit. I think we, maybe we killed one quad mortar. You killed yeah. one quad mortar uh, that was by itself. Yeah. And then you did not kill the second one until the second turn. Right. And then um, I don't think we really did much else. Oh no! You killed you killed the one Anvilus or whatever made the guys get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the one that um dropped in near the storm hammer, I just hauled it out, and uh, yeah. those guys had to disembark. So then, turn two. Uh, the funniest thing that happened in turn two was Jason deep struck his Arvis in, and Scott intercepted it. Well, when you deep strike a flyer in thirty k, it's not allowed to jeek. So he deep struck this flyer. And Scott intercepts it with his uh, um, quad gun and ends up killing it. And then explain what happened. <laughs> yeah, so I fucking shoot this silly thing down and uh, the Myrmidons have to get out and they can, you know, take wounds and stuff. And a few of them die. Well, they end up disembarking and just kind of getting stuck in the middle of the board. And like I've, I've bought that quad gun probably... You know, I've brought it in probably 10 games since I've played Solar Ox for, you know, a, a, maybe half a year since I finished playing that army. And it's never done shit. In the last two games, it's come in clutch because that those Graviton Imploders are, I think they're 18-inch range. But if they get within range, they're, they're essentially 40k grab. So they're fucking bad news for anything. You yep. know, good armor saves. Terminators, which you had a lot of. Uh, vehicles, yep. they're, which I had a lot of. So... That was a really good thing that those dudes fucking... And they're not fearless. They're only stubborn, so they can be pinned and stuff as well, trying to get out of wrecked vehicles, things like that. Yeah. So then their, their Atropos came in straight across from the... Uh, from the backboard edge. Yeah, yeah right across from, from the Stormhammer. Yeah, and they it shot its big uh, armor bane gun at Scott and pinned it, but Scott made his cover save. Um, Jay's... A uh, flamer squad came in in the rhino. And the rhino right behind the uh, storm hammer, trying to uh, clear out the uh, 
bubble wrap yeah, around the bubble it. wrap so I could melt a bomb it. Um, then Jay's, uh, the other Jay, sorry, Jason's, uh, owl attacks and the homunculus like deep struck in right next to where those, uh, other guys had just got shot down in the flyer. Um, and then my grave wardens got out. Yeah. The grave wardens and mortarian got out, started heading towards my dread claw and then are my charybdis. And then Jay, the other Jason, the other Jay, Jason, he got uh, Scoria turned around with his uh, two Castellax and end up assaulting my um, Charybdis and obviously destroying it. And I was forced to get out, which it is what it is. My, I'm fearless, so I didn't have any you know danger of any of that. And I think that was pretty much your guys' turn. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So then uh, our turn... For, us, for my army, my army had an extremely good turn. Uh, my five Terminators assaulted into his two Castellacs, and I didn't lose a single one, and it killed both Castellacs. <clears throat> my Reaver Lord and his squad assaulted in Thanatar and, and killed, killed it, and yep. I think I lost, like, two basic dudes. Um, and then my big Terminator blob with the Chaplain assaulted into Scoria, and my Sergeant, believe it or not, my Terminator Sergeant challenged scoria and scoria did like six wounds to him and he passed every four up invulnerable and didn't die and then my terminators killed both castellax in that unit and, and put a couple wounds and, on scoria. and put a couple wounds on scoria so uh had a real good turn and then what what did your stuff do oh and then also my uh, avenger came in and shot both krakens and both last cannons at the atropos and stripped six whole points off of it which was awesome oh, yeah and then and then what happened after that, Scott? Yeah, this is the fucking best part. So I, these vanquishers, I, I posted pictures of them on the Facebook group, but they have uh, long barrels. And one thing I like to do with my tanks, I stole this idea from Michael and his Leviathan. Was there a time they do something cool or kill something, I'll, like a barrel ring on them like they did in World War II? Well, fucking Ryan's Fuck Avenger yeah. comes in and takes the Atropos down six hole points, which it has seven, so it has exactly one hole point left. In the last, I was like, I was only kind of there. I was just like the cameraman in the room filming the, the incident, but uh, it's like I turned my vanquisher turn, and I put the last hole point on that thing, and I said, you know what? Fuck, Fuck it, I'm counting. That's <laughs> he, was, he, he was giving the, he gave the Atropos a prostate exam. You're, it was not, it was not Yeah, pretty. he's like, Scott's, Scott's vanquisher is the fullback in a football game when, you know, fucking, uh, I don't know, you know, somebody who's a good, oh, LeVon Bell, or... Le'Veon Bell runs for 99 yards and gets down to the one-yard line, and then they put in some fucking fullback you've never heard of to run it in on the next play. The refrigerator Perry. Is yeah. We, we call those touchdown vultures, folks. So Scott was the touchdown vulture. Um, but, uh, no, it was hey, funny. Man. We actually set it up that that, <laughs> that Avenger couldn't get the job done. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, listen to Somebody that. had to step up. But that was actually I feel like the, those those regular guys in their tanks just looked at each other and be like, "Fuck it, we're counting, man." Yeah, he's gonna crack the cobalt with bullets. <laughs> so uh, we actually planned it that way because I wanted Scott to get his barrel barrel ring. So I said that uh, I would shoot at the Avenger and try to wear it down and then have that take it out. But this was so funny because it was the ultimate sneaky Pete because I came in that dread call with the 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 ten Meltavets. I put five in the rear and five in the side. And then Scott's Vanquisher came in on the other side, and then the flyer was in the front. So we go, okay, choose your side. 
This has Krakens and two tank cutting last cannons. There's ten or five melta guns here, and then five melta guns here, and then Vanquisher on the other side with Tank Hunter. So choose your side. <laughs> I like I like how you're like uh like basically saying, Oh yeah, we planned it to where I would do six whole points and you'd get the seventh whole points. Like like the Avenger pilot lit it up, held back. Like tilted over so you can see the cockpit. It's just Tom Hardy, just given, <laughs> like from Dunkirk, just giving the vanquisher, vanquisher driver a thumbs up. Like you got this, and he's just yeah. You can, you can ask Scott. That's exactly how we planned it, though. Yep, it was it was uh we like to call it Operation Slingshot. And yeah. That's, <laughs> that's and, and, uh, Slingshot. Explosion. It scattered off, so it did not blow up any of the people that it normally should have. Yeah, it like totally scattered off. Everything. Even though we had it totally surrounded, it somehow scattered in a weird fucking way that it didn't get it. And the whole time, Scott is eating cat food, and it's yeah, just it's right. throwing everything off. <laughs> I, eat, uh, I eat tuna fish, ladies. Uh, I, I can't help it. No. So now I had LDL cholesterol levels. Now I had these stupid fucking vets like all clumped up because I was trying to sneaky Pete the night that didn't even get shoot. So then I was like, well, I'll just shoot like a couple like sniper because they were sniper vets, but I had commie melts on them. So I was like, well, I'll shoot a few sniper shots over at uh, these stupid quad mortars. I don't think I did anything. Then Scott shot him with his fucking basilisk. Didn't do anything. Then he shot the stupid. His big tank, like, so many shots at those fucking things. Jay had these goddamn unkillable Phosphex mortars that were a goddamn pain in our ass the entire game. Yeah, they fucking would not go away. But... Just would not die. And I, normally I would just, like, put something on them and sold it, but I'm dealing with goddamn Mortarian and Scoria <laughs> and four Castellax and a Thanatar with all my close combat units. I just didn't have time to, like, send something over there. A, a close combat is not in my Solar Ox Dudes Union Agreement, so they they will not do that kind of work. <laughs> but. All right, so you, so you guys were in pretty dire straits after this. So what ended up happening? Uh, we ended up uh, Mortarian. Well, I ended up getting uh, flamered. From oh, your, that's the other thing, your... Mike. My uh, other dread call came in. My other two came in. Uh, the the, sni- the sniper with the melts yeah. came in and immediately got out and shot. And then my ten man pariah flamer squad came in and shot his grave wardens. And I think I killed three or four grave wardens in your primus medicae. Yes. And then put a couple wounds or one wound on Mortarian, which is better than the last time that happened, which you killed the entire unit. Well, Mortarian and the primus medicae wasn't in it though. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So. Um, between feel no pain and lookout search and stuff, he negated a lot of it. But I think I ended up with like forty some hits. Yeah, forty one hits, and uh, I lost three guys in a Primus Medicaid. Yeah, and a wound on Mortarian. And a wound on Mortarian. Um, so it was kind of funny. Are no fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then explain what happened after that. Uh, so then I turned the Grey Wardens on the Pariah Flamers and it- killed about half of that squad or more. Half. half of that, exactly yeah. half, and broke Mortarian off and did his voodoo move of ten inches uh, to show up on the to side save Scoria's to ass. save Scoria's ass because yeah, it did not look good for the for the Arch Magos. And because uh, in that combat, the Castellax killed three Cataphracti. Right, and you still have five plus a Chaplain. Yes, and yep. so I had to slam Mortarian into that combat to draw some heat away from Scoria. Uh, Jason turned the. Homunculus 
the owl attack and the other owl attacks around and, and assaulted into my Reaver Lords unit. Yeah, and that did not work out well either. He did. I can't tell you how many wounds he did to me, and I made like the ungodly amount of feel no pain saves because he's used to Marines not getting feel no pain, but all my guys are tough five. Ryan's dice need to be checked. <laughs> so um, I lost most of the squad, but my Reaver Lord um, is like my Reaver Lord is like I don't know six or seven wounds. Strength ten power fist attacks. Yeah, yeah. So he swung back and smashed the homunculus. But the funny thing was. The five, I think like the five chain axe guys were left, needing sixes to wound. I think I rolled up like six wounds. Yeah. Like, I just needed sixes. No, there's no, because they're tough. The homunculus were tough seven, tough six. They're tough six, but I had rag, so they go right. to five. Tough five, yep. And then my guys are strength six because of the uh, chain axes on top. On top of strength five. Mm -hmm. So Jason wasn't used to having Marines wound him on threes. No, and Jason was also rolling a concessive roll of one, one, two, right. one, two. So I ended up killing an Alataxis with chain axe attacks. I just, like, he just failed enough saves that he just died to chain axes, and then the other one got power fisted to death and died. Just wrong neighborhood, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> just beat the fuck out of that Arlatax. <laughs> oh. I think actually one of them survived and had like one wound left. We yeah. knew it was going to mm -hmm. die, but it was actually fairly key because if we'd have got loose in that combat, I would have been able to run in and surround Scoria. Mortarian. Right. So it actually bought you guys a turn right. there. Um, so then Mortarian assaults in. Mm -hmm. Scoria does a bunch more wounds to my sergeant. He did seven wounds. I made six out of seven four up so my sergeant finally did die but no wounds spilled or it only killed one guy right i think mortarian killed two three guys three guys and then i put two wounds back on mortarian three he was three. down he was down to three wounds left right and then i put one more wound on scoria correct so i was like holy shit i'm gonna win this combat right. like this my fucking chaplain over here is gonna fucking kill scoria <laughs> and fucking mortarian it's gonna be awesome right. and on the far side of the board the other vanquisher Tried to point blank shoot a uh, a, a death trap terminator and just I don't know got something in his eye or whatever but, but that did not work and then my death shroud uh, ended up eating all of or four of Scott's guys and then they broke and ran off the board yeah so two two death shroud killed a whole twenty man solar oxwood I got it was a it was a death shroud in the siege break armor. Yeah, two guys. So after they consolidated the death shroud rolled real shitty and he was just standing there. So he's two points for the their side because he's scoring. Versus the siege breaker guy who's just one, so the Vanquisher turn just turned and shot that death shroud in the face and killed him like uh, barrel you ring. You don't get it yet. No, no, you don't get a barrel ring for that one. <laughs> you don't get to decide that, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking winner's right history, bro. <laughs> um, so, um, I think we pretty much ended up calling it there. Yeah. Because I I, I killed that other Alatax um, in their turn of close combat, and it didn't do anything back to me. Scott had turned the Stormhammer around and fired every large cannon at, like, a rhino with all that those marksman vets. That was real nice, Scott, that uh, a little overkill, man. Hey, that's what America's all about, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then my my uh, Pariah Flamer guys, the five that were left, finished off the Grave Wardens. Yeah. Um, 
then Jason's uh, little mermaid destructors that had been in the middle of the board finally got some attention paid to him. And they all died. And they all died. Uh, we shot, I think Scott shot like his uh, basilisk or some shit at him, and he shot a bunch of multi-lasers at him from the storm. Uh, yeah, the the storm hammer's uh, quad, or, uh, dual battle cannon. The two-shot battle cannon is twin-linked, and that's it's not bad against those guys because... It is AP three, so at least right. it ignores their armor. And then They're my turn, I also turned my Avenger ninety degrees and opened up on him with that Avenger cannon and killed off a couple too. So I think we took all those guys out. And then because my, we knew, so we had done all that, and you know, and it worked out where we knew on my next turn because my Reaver Lord was free and those other five man Cataphracty squad was in position, so I had a a uh, apothecary two Marauders, and the Reaver Lord in one unit, and then I had five fresh Cataphracti, and then my Chaplain was still alive with, like, two Dude, other Cataphracti. I was about to assault into Mortarian and Scoria, and I think Scoria had one or two wounds one left. One wound left. Three low, three wounds. Yeah, and we knew it was basically, we were going to score double... Um, we'd already killed the Atropos mm -hmm. and gotten the... Uh, price of Failure. Price of Failure, and we were going to get... Double Slay the Warlord, press another price of failure. Right. And then my Marauders, uh, both Cataphracty squads, um, my Veteran squads, who like a couple guys had lived through the Phosphex, those were all scoring, and then I had most of my Dreadclaws left alive that were Denial in their zone. And yeah. we had cleared all our zone of all our units, and um, so we just ended up calling it there. Yep, the, uh, the quad launcher, though, did not die. Nope, he still had that stupid fucking quad launcher left the whole game. Gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. Sneaky little bastard. <laughs> oh, and you still had the one crew member from the other gun? The one crew member who was hiding, he that death guard, he he kind of snuck into a building and crawled into a corner and started weeping. And the, the funniest thing was I killed the Thanatar, and then my other Terminators like ripped apart these Caslacks right around me, and he's like cowering in the corner of this <laughs> building watching these fucking psychos just rip apart these giant robots like no issue i killed two al attacks um four castellax and a thanatar literally right around him just rip them to shreds and then mortarian and scoria are over there battling for their life and he's like hiding in the corner and they're like my dudes literally just like look at him and they're like ah fuck you and like rush around him into so the a lot of ptsd <laughs> going on there they were like this guy's <laughs> worth it. we're going after mortarian and scoria I was a little pissed that it was called because I wanted the glory of my Reaver Lord punching fucking Mortarian's head off because he's killed Gilliman. Um, I have one Primark kill with my Reaver Lord. I killed Gilliman at Adepticon. Um, so I was really looking for my second Primark kill with my Reaver Lord. Scott tried to surround my other, that second Dreadclaw with all of those Solar Ox, Solar Ox and tried to crack grenade it to death that did not work out How did that Scott? yeah so like i have a i didn't even know until this game until ryan mentioned it that solar ox like the last rifle section not that not the velotaris just the regular guys they have uh crack grenades so i was like well fuck i can just surround that stupid ambulance and throw crack grenades at it until i hold it out and then the guys aren't gonna have anywhere to go so they'll all be dead they can't like go through my unit this gonna shoot them in the face as they pile out of the stupid thing and they fucked it up and the funny thing is is i played a game today 
and tried to do the exact same thing to an ambulance with Gilliman and fucking the the AP2 at Initiative guys with the boarding guitarists. Yeah. Super Eagle Super men, yeah, and I, they fuck they fucked that one up too, and that was a full twenty man squad. They took no casualties, so I don't know what their issue is, man. My incompetence in close combat continues. <laughs> so, yep, that was a it was a pretty, it was a really fun game though. Everything was fully painted. Um, I thought all the armies looked great. Yep. Uh, Jason's Hall's army was painted by Dave at per, uh, Perpetual Painting, and your Death Guard were also painted yes, by they were Dave, and then Scott's Solar Ox army. Um, he won best painted at a uh, Adepticon uh, on the third day, and then my uh, Black Shields won best painted on the second day. So we had a lot of pretty shit hot armies on the table. So definitely check out the pictures. Fuck yeah, dude! Those pictures are great. So head on over to the Facebook page, check out some pictures for some nicely painted models. Everything was a fully closed at the army, so. Everything it looks looks dope. Like right even before like Jay was describing where his drop pod was or his uh his charybdis was, I remember that seeing that one picture of like, that's an odd place for a charybdis to be. <laughs> Just solidly in the middle of the fucking table. <laughs> but alright. So I get it. Well you don't like right. that that uh what is the main battle cannon on that storm hammer? You know, I'm trying to provide a lot of cover for the rest of the table so the that it doesn't shoot ADM or yeah, it doesn't shoot 80 inches and blow up, you know, any of Scoria. You know, I didn't need any of that. So that sounds good. That sounds bad. That sounds smart. It smells like a solid tactic. So, anyway, now that we heard about how that game went, about how that, I mean, it wasn't really even an ass kicking. I thought the Atrapos would do more, but. It seemed like such a big target that it made sense that y'all well, just thank God for those brave, brave vanquisher fucking cannon guys, man. <laughs> I, I mean, know. you can't, especially around a patriotic holiday like July Fourth. You just have to think about those guys and all they put on the line, and man, really, just I'm just <laughs> proud to have. <laughs> You're gonna have to do fucking eight, ten Hail Marys to Dale Earnhardt tonight down there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rub my fucking number three tattoo on my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. All right. So y'all ready to move on to some Facebook questions we got? Yes, sir. Fuck yes. So, for those of y'all wondering, since we uh, don't have very many lists, it looks like Scott and Ryan caught up on the list front. In the old email bag, we uh, put a little feeler out there for some questions, and the question was simply: uh, We need those burning lore slash tactic questions from you guys. So shoot away. So the first question on the list: Why was the emperor such a bastard? <laughs> oh, I don't necessarily think he was. General. If you, it's- if you imagine living that long and having that much knowledge, almost to the level of omnipotence, it'd be pretty. You'd be pretty detached from humanity and all the meaningless shit and silly shit we do. And when you're the pentacle of all of that, and you have these billions of billions of little fucking cockroaches that you're the hive mind of, you don't really give a fuck about expending a few million of them here and there to further your aims and goals. 
Hard man for hard times. That's what he was. I and think... he's got a secret plan. Got a secret plan. Can't yeah. tell anybody. You know how the old fluff would, like, said it, um, the emperor was always someone, like, historically significant throughout history? I think the emperor is currently Jordan Peterson right now. I'm pretty sure Jordan <laughs> Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Is that. <laughs> yeah. Quite possibly just told. No, he would have fucking made all those uh, people at the college head explode whenever they were trying to make him say Zer. <laughs> That's exactly what would have happened. The I'm not saying that, bitch. I'm a doctor. Fuck you. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's like I respect that you are, but Jesus. So here's the thing. Like, have you ever heard that? Uh, uh, I want to say it was a nerd, the nerdist, he wrote it or whatever. I want to say it was the nerdist, or it might have been pop culture. Uh, anyway, basically, he was describing how Spock is completely like not human. Because they live to be like, you know, 500 years old. And where he treats like Kirk as like a dog. Like, because, you know, Kirk will only live for like one fifth of Spock's life. And so he treats <laughs> Kirk, he doesn't understand him, like the same way we don't understand a dog. Because, like, a dog, we will love the dog, we'll feel good about the dog, we'll feel for the dog. But eventually that dog will die and we'll have only a small portion of our life impacted is all that dog, you know, a good like 14 years of our lives. Whereas, you know, we'll be like 70, 80 years old whenever it dies. So, like, I think Ryan's like on a very good point when he comes and says, like, this guy's lived for fucking ever. And so what is a human life to him? But like the way that we see like a fly, you know, like it's just like not really. Well, it's, It's less than that. Like, think of. Think of how many billions of souls are in the entire galaxy and how many planets. And the emperors live for, you know, according to... He supposedly was born in, like, 10,000 B.C. So he's around for 40,000 years. So your dog analogy, it's like that. But it's on such a level that we're basically, like, fucking paramecium that live for a nanosecond compared to him. Why would you give a fuck? That's like those fucking weirdo people that won't take a shower because they're worried about killing the bacteria and life growing on their skin in some fucking hippie commune. Like, people look at them like they're fucking crazy. What? That's crazy. a thing? So, it's MRSA. It's MRSA growing on your skin. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> why would, like... Well, thanks for introducing so, me to that. I didn't need to know that existed. So you would, th- like, we look at those people like they're nutty, so for the Emperor not to be like he is, he would almost be insane. Well, and he even says that to uh, when he's talking to Rob Demiel, uh, one of the custodian guards. He's like, He's like, I am miserly with your lives when I spend so many others without a thought. Yeah. <laughs> For real. That's so crazy to be that fucking detached. But, like, realistically, like, yes, thousands of fucking years. And y'all couldn't protect me from my own son, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I'm glad, I'm glad we talked about that. That was... I think we took that almost playful question and made it very, very deep. How many assault marines in a Blood Angels Day of Revelation list is too many? How many is too few? And what is the optimum number? This comes from Dan Porter. A thousand or too many, three or too few. <laughs> Next question. Next question. <laughs> what is the optimum no, number? For real, for real, the, the optimum... I feel like the optimum number, it depends on how many points. That's a pretty open-ended question. And it also depends on 
the theme of the list and what other units you're putting around it. So, like, for example, you could take Day of Revelation and just take minimum 10-man squads, but then take a whole bunch of other stuff and put it all in anviluses, like Terminators, Dreadnoughts, Veterans, whatever, just to take advantage of the... When they come in, they get... Is it Stealth or Shrouded when you arrive from Deep Strike? It, you get one... Any unit that arrives from Deep Strike gets either yeah, Stealth Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, it's a 5-up save. Yeah, that's so. what it is. 5-up save. Yeah. And then also, your, your entire army gets plus one initiative. So you could literally build a whole force around that, but still just take the minimum required assault marines just to get that benefit. Plus the assault marines arrive on turn one, so if you built the whole army like drop pods, it'd be like getting half your pods plus one, plus two assault squads turn one. So you can kind of go that route with it. So, you know, 20 could be fine depending on your build. If you're going more like the theme of kind of like what the right of war is supposed, you know, like kind of how you're supposed to, um, I personally think three 15-man squads is the way to go. You take Fuck three 15-man yes. yes. squads, uh, give, them, give them all melt-a-bombs, give every fifth guy a uh, power axe, uh, give the sergeant you know, some type of weapon there, uh, then take your three characters with Blades of Perdition, with packs, put one in each squad, and then put an apothecary with a jump pack in each squad. And then just kind of fill out the rest of the army how you want. Yeah, just fucking jumping giant wave. There's a there's a guy in Austin that currently plays that list, and it is fucking super badass because he uses Mark V armor with uh, all yep. yellow helmets. Oh, it's so sick. And it's just a massive just whoosh, jumping units of 15-man squads just flying around. Jesus Christ. Beautiful. It's I, goddamn I beautiful. think that right of war, that right of war will most I, – I have a feeling it's really – because of the way it's worded, it says – any jump pack units. It doesn't say like troops or any, you know what I mean? It, it specifically says any jump packed units. Um, so I have a feeling that it's going to really get a lot better when they get their special units. Cause I have a feeling they're going to get a pretty good jump yep. pack special unit. Or two. Same Hell yeah. Thing. Like the, the foundation was laid for, for the book eight. Right. Well, what I, I want to correct my, I think it doesn't say, I, I don't think it says assault marines. It says jump pack troops. That's what it says. So if you have a way, like say they come out with a special unit, like say they came out with sanguinary guard, and then you had a character that made those guys troops, it says any jump packed equipped unit that's taken as a troops choice. It doesn't specifically say assault marines. So I have a feeling the way that it's, you wouldn't word it that way unless you had future plans for it to, you know, take, you know, for that to mean something. It's worded too carefully otherwise. Going off memory. I'm not looking check. at it. Michael's looking. I can check. It's gonna take me a minute though, so you're gonna have to. Gonna have to pretend we're talking about something else until I can find it. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll come back to that. We'll come back after I read this next question. Okay. Next question is. Should Gray Slayers be able to have bolters slash power weapons slash shields in addition to the one in five selection? I know as it's written that they cannot, but with the added price per unit, wouldn't it counterbalance how powerful it is? So I already kind yes. of touched on that a little bit. I think the, like the craziest thing you'd see from that is like a power fist and combat shield. And 
is that like so crazy? Well, I mean, like I run my uh, Huskarl Sergeant with a uh, combat shield, the Great Frost Blade, and Melta bombs. So he's pretty he's pretty baller. And then you know I tend to run a fifteen man great there and put three power fists or two power fists and a lightning claw, and then three, or, uh, three power weapons and the rest bolters. Explain to me what the issue is. I don't understand the question. I haven't looked that closely at it. So the way the Gray Slayers take their uh, their equipment, basically any model in the unit can take a bolter, combat shield, a uh, heavy chain blade, or a power weapon. And it all says okay. for every five models in the squad, one can instead take combi weapon, power fist, lightning claw, hand flamer, plasma pistol. Okay. So if you're the one in five and you're taking from that second list, then you're not taking from the first list, so you can't have a power fist and a bolter or a heavy chain blade and a plasma pistol. Yeah, but you're getting something from the other list, so why are you bitching? Well, I mean, he's just saying, would it be overpowered if you could take one from both? I guess not. I mean, they're already way too cheap for what they do, so sure, give them more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the truth comes out <laughs> well I guess it's also to keep you from uh, shooting that bolter and then charging with a power fist on that one and way. having a shield it's probably just so you don't have the goddamn I call it the doom wagon when you got your doom character that's got 27 fucking guns and a magical wheelbarrow that's behind him that he can <laughs> whip from gun to gun to gun that sounds like what like, imagine modeling that character. I got a power fist, a bolt pistol, some combat knives. Like, what the fuck? Are you the guy yeah, from... it's real like, easy to carry shit like that in real life, dude. Trust me. It's yeah. <laughs> Very nimble, just a quick over-the-shoulder and out of codes. Well, I mean, that. yeah, anyway. Next question. <laughs> Anyone that's ever fallen off, like, a 12-foot stone wall in the middle of a night in Iraq with, like, a shotgun and a fucking breaching ladder over their shoulder will tell you it's not easy to carry all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is, I have an army concept in mind centered around Dark Mechanicum and want to run Word Bearers, Demons Mechanicum, and Knights as one force. How should I do that? Specifically, main versus allied forces and units you should want in for sure. Okay. So he wants to run well, Dark Mechanicum, go- Word Bearers, Demons, and Knights. Yeah. Dark Mechanicum. It would be the Lord of War. You could Hang on. It. Dark Mechanicum, Demons, Word Bearers, and Knights. So you, yeah. what I would do is just take summoning to summon the demon. So you wouldn't actually start with any demons. Oh, sorry. Um... So you would take summoning just to summon the demons. You can't start with them in the force because you got way too many fucking things going on there. <laughs> you, knight, knights are... So yeah, that would work. So you would just take like Word Bear Primary, uh, take a Lord of War detachment that's an Imperial Knight as a machine whatever detachment, then just ally in Mechanicum, and then take Zardu Layak uh, and a couple other... We're bear psychers and just summon the demons. Would you run? Would you run a uh, Mechanicum allies, or would you try and like run like a Pravian or something to get it in there? You go full full blown allies. Could... No, I mean you could go either. Way. 
I just like if you're wanting to run Dark Mechanicum, the only thing that like screams Dark Mechanicum right now is Scoria. He's like the only Dark Mechanicum yeah. thing right now. And I guess that in Arl attacks as well, huh? Well, the what's the... not really because Jasons are like the ones we think of when we think of Arl attacks are the ones with the bat wings. I mean, Arl attacks aren't necessarily like that, right? Like they can just be. Like normal ones would just have jets to like. Right, my my Arl attacks ha is a Domitar chassis that I I found the high tech miniatures and I took the fifty two millimeter jet engine and just kind of slapped it right on the back, so it's like a giant jump engine on the back of a Domitar. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not necessarily just a just a, a dark mechanicum kind of thing. So I guess yeah. modeling wise, I guess he's like trying to make it just aesthetically dark Mechanicum, so he could just go. You like... can do a Pravian then, but the thing you're only going to get one Pravian because word bearers always have to take a second HQ that is a um, Centurion or a Chaplain. So you're going to have to have a comp your compulsory HQ and then a second HQ that is a Centurion or Chaplain, and then your third HQ slot you could take a Pravian. And if you wanted to go the Pravian route, you could not take the Word Bearers as allies because a Pravian is a support character and you only get a single HQ slot in an ally detachment. So you could not make that a Pravian. So you'd have to go Word Bearer primary. Um, I would recommend taking Zardu Layak as your compulsory, then taking just a level one, take a chaplain and make him level one with your uh, earning lore. And then for your third slot, Michael suggested you could take a Pravian with whatever you wanted. Um, then take your, you know, couple tactical squads, your tactical squads or whatever. You could throw some uh, Galvor back in there. If you want it to be really, you know, there's a, demons right de there. Yeah, there's some demons that you actually start on the board with. Mm -hmm. Also, Zardu Layak has the demon special rule. Then you would summon demons with Zardu Layak using, you know, demon summoning because he comes with uh, malefic demonology. Uh, then for your allied detachment, you would take Scoria and then just whatever else you wanted to take. Uh, you can fit plenty of points in with fucking Mechanicum because all their shit's expensive. Or you just do it the other way around and make Dark Mechanicum your... You primary. can't. We just went over that because you can't... Word Bearers... Won't ally in? You can't take a Pravian. You don't have to take a, a Pravian if, if, if the Dark Mechanicum... I guess what I'm saying is if you're wanting to summon demons, you would want the more characters on the Word Bearer side to have enough fucking warp charge because the, the, gotcha. all the demon summoning powers are three warp charge, so you're going to need basically a minimum of seven dice to even have a chance at it. Um, then uh, you would... So you take Scoria as your allied HQ, and then you would just take um, whatever you wanted. And then for your Lord of War, for your Word Bearer's detachment, you would take a... Uh, War Machine Detachment and take some Knights. There you go. You have to play about Boom. an 8,000 point game. No, I'm just, I don't it. know. You could, fit, have it done. you could fit all that in. You could probably fit all that in in 2,500, 3,000, but it would be fucking slim. Pick, like, you would have like 20 models. You better start summoning demons real early, boy. <laughs> yeah. Start getting them lines filled out. All right. How do I get my world eaters across the board against armies like Iron Warriors? Feel like they just phosphate intercept my guys to oblivion. Charybdis. Yep, I was about to say fucking Amulus and Charybdis. That'll do it. 
or the three uh, three twenty. The... Take the take the right of war where you get feel no pain in the enemy deployment zone or increase your feel no pain by one. Take three nineteen man fucking tactical squads with bolt pistol chain chain axe. Put an apothecary in each squad. Put them all in charybdises. Then take two more units and put them in anvilises. So all three charybdises come in turn one. Boom, winning. Yep, and it does get more world leaders than that. Just putting dudes in pods and shooting them at a offering team, 500 man. miles an hour. It's enemy. Yep. Say that again, Monty, and explain it. Sacrificial offering right of war lets you have super fearless uh, uh, imperial guard like in the middle of the table, or I'm sorry, uh, militia in the middle of the table, and then all your world leaders get to outflank. So. Yep. They just get to come on on the side of the board and just uh, immediately be in your <laughs> in the dicks of the enemy. I mean, you're still gonna have to take one turn of phosphex and intercept and shit like that. But I mean, if you're playing a like pure pure infantry world leaders army, it's a very fun list to watch play. Uh, Joshua De La Rosa in the TFL guys, he actually runs that list from time to time. He runs both. He runs the. Uh, Anvilus Charybdis route, and then he also runs the uh, the sacrificial offering. I don't know. Did he run that sacrificial See, offering at a at Adepticon? Yeah, I played with him. Me, me, and Josh were allied with each other against uh, Lucas and that uh, Moon guy. His last name was Moon. I can't remember his first name. We talk about it on that. We had an episode, the Adepticon wrap up episode. We go over it with Josh on there on this podcast, so you can go back yeah. and find it. Um, the reason Anvilus and Charybdis are so good, like. Usually the source of intercept in 30k is uh, augury scanners. So augury scanners only have an 18-inch range. So what you do is you drop your anvilus and charybdis outside of that, or that you don't actually land in it. And the movement phase ends, so the augury scanner can't trigger at that point. And then during, then you have the shooting phase, and during the shooting phase, those anvilus and charybdis can move flat out. So then they move where they wanted within that bubble flat out and no intercept <laughs> which is like so funny because like it's like the guy with the augury scanner is like hmm i'm getting some readings nah it's probably nothing oh shit <laughs> ambulance shows up starts burning people <laughs> also remember if things that have interceptor like so if you're playing against mechanicum and they're using those stupid easy fucking five point cyber bullshit yeah. and you like they have them and they're given like medusas and shit interceptor remember those things only have a 45 degree arc to the front so if you just bring your fucking dread call in outside of that arc it can't shoot you my space wolves have this exact problem uh getting across the table which is why scott has done two dread claws and a charybdis and he's currently doing a spartan a proteus uh mark 2b and three rhinos because we got to get those guys across the table because as soon as space and wolves get into destroyer, combat and a whirlwind scorpius and another rhino. <laughs> and and predator. Uh, predator and a Leviathan Dreadnought and a Derradeo Dreadnought. <laughs> the other thing is if you're having serious issues with uh, with fucking Phosphex uh, batteries, which are an asshole fucking unit that I hope gets fixed sooner <laughs> rather than later. Um, <laughs> yeah, hater. You should take some counter battery fire, like take a, take some Scorpus Whirlwinds because they're fucking cheap mm-hmm. and they shoot further and and are more destructive against that phosphex battery than it is back to the scorpius or you can take some basilis like scott did or whatever and um you can shoot those things and outrange them and get rid of them 
uh, while your guys are driving across the board. And if you're doing you're doing the idea that Michael talked about with the sacrificial offering, since those guys get out anyway, you can play like world leaders vets. And sniper vets are pretty good at killing quad mortars because they wound everything on four, so the toughness yep. seven thing doesn't fuck matter. And then also with those militia, make sure you take a full battery of the heavy artillery and take fucking the Medusa version of the heavy artillery from militia shoots 48. So once again, you can outrange their phosphex. So you just set up that fucking Medusa battery 48 away from their guns that shoot 36 and just hammer the fuck out of them and then ask them, how's that feel? Then you can be like, hey, Iron Warrior player, how you <laughs> like that? How's this feel? You like this? Mine shoot 12 inches further than yours, fuck face. <laughs> just stare them in the eye the entire time you're saying all of that <laughs> yeah and say it with that dead cold voice that ryan just said as well <laughs> all right i'm cool so, with it out of everyone i only know one person who has a fully painted army that will look good enough to talk shit to me while i'm shooting at them with iron warriors <laughs> <laughs> No, what so this comes from Christopher That's Carr. <laughs> he says, "What would be the best way to represent the Geno Five Two using a Colts and Militia list?" Ooh. So and those are we've like got two people that 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 chimed in. They said techno barbarians using Militia rules, like Abhuman Helots and Alchem Jackers. Alchem Jackers makes sense. I don't add human helots. I don't think really makes sense because they're like mutants. That so the Geno Five Two, they were gene. It's a gene bred uh, warrior cast. Right, but they were like, they had like, the, they had augments in their brain that made them smart, and they also worked on like a hive mind type mm -hmm. thing where yeah. they had like the women behind the scenes. So I like the Alchem Jackers thing. I think I would go more with the Feral Warriors where they get the extra attack. Sure. They didn't seem any tougher than like a normal human. Like I don't think the abhumans makes any sense. Plus, if you go abhuman helots, it automatically makes you distrusted allies with everyone. So if you're taking the Geno Five Two guys, you would be you probably want to maybe at some point ally with Alpha Legion or whatever, and you wouldn't want to be distrusted. So I think I would go Feral Warriors where you get the extra attack to represent them being faster, better reflexes, right. whatever, right. and then take the uh, Alchem Jackers to fix their morale and represent their psychic control stuff. That's how I would do it. I don't know about you guys. Yep. Sounds good I to me. That, I think that sounds pretty Yeah, good. those ab human uh, helots are pretty good. Uh, I know uh, Scott, I played Scott Robinson from Australia at Adepticon and his, his squad army yeah. was just, I mean, that was... A well, it's not, it's not that it's bad. It's definitely a powerful choice. I just don't right. know that it's the fluffy choice. No, not for Gino. You read Legion. They they didn't seem like they had any like anything great. Like they were good soldiers, like physically strong, but they weren't like you know like fucking Salvar Kim dogs with combat drugs going through them all the time. So right. And the front of the book cover makes them look like they're Vostroyan what firstborn? Isn't yeah, they have the fucking like fuzzy the, hats. Yeah, the you know the Buckingham Palace guard hats and those things. Man, that'd be tight if you could still get some of those Vestroyans. <laughs> Make a militia army with those Vestroyans. Okay, you know, Dave Taylor has has a Vestroyan militia army, I think. I follow his blog, the Dave Taylor Miniatures blog. 
and I'm pretty sure he has a some solar ox Fostorian stuff he converted over. Looks really good if you ever get a chance to check it out. Fuck yeah, dude. That sounds badass. Seems like there's some fun conversion ideas in there. Hopefully you, you do that, Mr. Chris. So next up, just comes from John Carlo. He says, how does RFI feel about the fast attack Iron Warriors list with a combination of land speeders and bikes along with their usual big hitters? I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's because every Legion is going to have that kind of stuff. And I, yeah. everybody, you think if you had an armor, any type of heavy armor, especially in modern warfare, is going to have some type of scout division. When we were just bullshitting about that story about my buddy Brian being in the desert, being in the Bradley, you know, two days out in front of the Abrams, that's what they did. They had like a, like, I think they sent out six squads and they each had their own Bradley and they drove out in front of like 40 or 50 Abrams tanks. Um, and basically looked for Iraqi uh, armor during the first Gulf War, and then when they would find it, they'd radio back to the Abrams um, and you know, engage them. So that that's kind of what Outrider bikes and javelins and shit like that's for. So to me, that makes perfect sense to have like some heavy tanks and to have like a, a recon element. Yeah, hell yeah, I agree. I used to love the fucking uh, remember that Apocalypse formation when Apocalypse first came out. You could take. Uh, I want to say it was Vindicators and a Landspeeder. And the Landspeeder would spot for you. And, oh, man. It was whirl- Whirlwinds. Of that. I think it was Whirlwinds, or, wasn't yeah, it? Whirlwinds then? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was such a cool fucking idea to me. Just having that little Landspeeder going around, spotting locations. and Didn't like, we wouldn't Didn't we just do a list? We just did a list like last week or the week before kind of centering around this. Was it Dark Angels, maybe? Mm. I thought I had, there was a list, there was a list that we just recently wrote that had, maybe it was Blood Angels for Chase. I don't remember. It was basically like bikes and jet bikes and speed and land speeders acting as a scout element for tanks. We just did a list in the last couple episodes. I did one for somebody, but I can't remember who. I do, can't, man, I do a list. (laughs) I do so many lists. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, yeah. So, yeah. No, no qualms with that, Giancarlo. So, we will not shun you if we see you at an event if you bring that along. All right. So, next up, five man Ultramarine Tactical Support Squad and Rhino Plasma Gunner Volkite Cavaliers. Uh, machine Killer Vets with uh, Combi Meltas. The answer. Boom. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. Uh, I, you can't. Any other brain busters Gilliman for you? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, I like the Volkite just because it's cheap. But if you're only going to go like five Volkites, aren't really going to get you anything. Like, no, so I guess fuck no. That's so if you're only going to do five, I guess plasma. But I mean, that's like such a one-hit wonder. You, that's still a lot of points. Fucking five guys with plasma guns and they're immediately going to get murked after they get out of that tank. Yep. Yeah, you better kill something very valuable if you're going to do that. So I guess if you're just doing five-man and a rhino plasma, it's the only thing that's going to impact. I don't think five Volkite guys would make an impact. Unless you're just using them as like some kind of little you know, bullshit objective holder like in a very small game. To the Volkite Chargers. Rather than the- That's what I meant. That's what I thought he meant. Volkite Chargers. Oh, I thought he said Cavaliers. 
they said calibers or yeah, turrets worse because yeah, they they're calibers. fucking heavy weapons. So well, calibers are heavy, so yeah, you're, you, you would never take them because if you drive up in a tank and get out, you're snap firing because they're heavy. That's like that that so moment off chargers. of Office Space where his next door Lauren he asks his neighbor, he's like, "Does anyone no. ever ask you if you had no, a case man. of the Mondays?" No. Fuck no, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't take bulk high calibers, man. I believe you get your ass kicked. <laughs> like you you're learning to win each shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this next one is, what would some of the best units be for children to take advantage of their initiative bonus and still have enough anti-tank? Can Palantine Blades Ooh. take multiple pounds? No. Fuck them. No. no. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> no. They don't have any anti-tank. Good luck getting stuck at the gate. <laughs> what about Assault Marines? Do they do they get the yep. initiative bonus if they charge yep. and give them multiple bombs? Yeah, that, that would be a, that would be a good one. Um, if you take a third company elite list, you could take uh the one guy's troops the cacophony uh most tanks in the game because you're playing against other marines like most tanks are like rhino or predator chassis or even sakaran chassis are armor 12 and less so those cacophony guns are strength six and you're shooting fuck loads of shots and each guy's two and they're relentless so you could you know drive them around in rhinos land raiders or put them in dread calls or whatever and uh as you're advancing lay down a bunch of you know, mass volumes of strength six shots, which will kill, you know, these chance of killing light armor, dreadnoughts and stuff if you can side arc, and then when you make it to infantry and assault, they'll still take advantage of the uh, initiative. You could also do a mixed unit of terminators and give some of them lightning claws to take advantage of the initiative and then still, you know, make half of them chain fist to kill armor. Which is a good choice. Uh, that's yeah. how people do it. People do that with Blood Angels, uh with that Day of Revelation right of War that we were just talking about, take 10 Cataphracti and a Charybdis, give uh, five or six of them light balls, and then give the other ones chain fists. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That, that's a solid, that's a, that's what I run. So, like, yeah. I, I have that unit in a box. Um, another good one, uh, uh, I say this all the time, I don't know if people are buying in yet or not, attack bikes. Fucking attack bikes are two attacks base, and they have bolt pistol, close combat weapons, so that's three. And then on the charge, they're four. And then they have Hammer of Wrath and two wounds, and they're tough five, so they're pretty fucking tough. So you can do a multi-melta on the attack bike and then also give it a melta bomb. And the guy, the other guy with the combi bolter still gets to fire. So like, if you're going after infantry and you had a five-man squad, you're shooting five multi-meltas and five rapid-fire combi bolters then hitting them with five hammer of wrath attacks and then hitting them with 20 close combat attacks before they fight. And that's fluffy. The oh, yeah. Emperor's children are super... We're going to eventually yeah. see... Like I feel like it's going to eventually be the attack bike transition, like the event. what happened to the Avenger, like how the Avengers are just coming out. Like I feel they like are, people are going to slowly are... start realizing <laughs> that the well, attack bike they're... is going to be the... They're the best performing unit in my Blood Angel army. Every time I play my Blood Angel army, they are the best performing unit. They are a fucking just absolute pain in the dick hole of every opponent I've ever faced. So there you go, guys. Go invest in the attack bike model. 
So, right, so we're gonna do one other more question like, so we can get to the Oh, good. Oh, uh obviously outrider bikes for similar things, you can give all of them melt bombs and then they still fight good in hand to hand and you can still give every third guy a power weapon. Um so outriders wouldn't be too bad. So assault marines like Scott said, outriders, attack bikes, a mixed unit of terminators, um veterans with melt bombs on every guy. And you could do machine killers, so you could give them all combi, uh, combi meltas and melt bombs to kill tanks, and then there's still four attacks on the charge, advantage of the initiative, and every single guy in the squad can have power weapons. So you could, I wouldn't go overboard. I wouldn't give everybody a combi. Now, now you're turning into a space wolf player where you have ten fucking combi meltas, <laughs> ten. Everybody's got a melt bomb. Everybody's got fucking power weapons. Everybody's got a chainsword. Everybody's got a fucking bolt pistol. That's overkill. You get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. All right, one more question, then we're going to move on to Wheel of Grindage, and then we're going to go ahead and close this out. We might have Scott the entire episode. Oh, no? He's bouncing? You get, all right, yep, Scott's gone. I'm bouncing. I was just waiting for the opportune moment to fucking pop smoke. Hey, guys, y'all have a great week. I'll talk to you Sunday. All right, see you, Scott. Later, Thanks. Scott. Thanks for putting up with my fucking Later, insanity. Scott. Later, bud. <laughs> all right all right what unit can stop a leviathan dre- dead in its tracks oh fuck there's so, so many uh cataphract terminators fuck it over with you know with chain fists like that's night night just even a fucking uh i don't know if he's playing loyalist or traitor a uh, a salam an internal warrior salamander praetor with a two up three up and terminator armor with a chain fist We'll fucking just eat as many Leviathans as you want him to eat. Um, certain Primarchs will, like uh, Vulcan and laugh his ass off the Leviathan with a string 10 AP1 swinging armor bane swinging at initiative hammer. Uh, Russ. Uh, Ferris Manus will do the same I mean, thing. That, that, you, you can't discount that four up, man. That, that thing does have. That is there. It is rolling around with the Yeah, four but ups. you're talking. Okay, so here's my. Just even five cataphractes still swinging fifteen chain fist attacks at you on the charge. Yeah, no, that's it's brutal. I get it. I've I've so, I a lot of leviathans and uh, I fought Vulcan and I fought <laughs> I fought Salamander. <laughs> like it, they hold their own that four up save. Dead in the tracks, man. That's a that's a a very deep question. Is it like one turn fucking ice is what he's asking or. I mean, uh, a lightning strike fighter coming in, dumping Krakens on it. You know, if just a, one or two of them things slip through, you can easily get an explodes result because they're armor bane. Um, the graviton imploders on all the Mechanicum guys, all you need to slip one through and it's immobilized. And then it's like, well, there you go. Go fuck yourself. Because um, everything's short-ranged or assault, so you can just kind of ignore it at that point. or just Because it's all going to be stuck in one direction because all of its guns are on a fixed mount it just you know focuses on being able to turn so once it's wedged in one direction it's pretty easy to avoid um is it is it militia or solar ox that get those uh on the tech marine all the servitors get can take those grenade launchers with haywire solar solar ox yeah um all the haywire that fucks my leviathan's world up (laughs) that's like a death trap vulture axe um, Scoria, the Arl attacks. Yeah, anything Mechanicum, anything fucking Custodes. Uh, 
Yeah, Voltrax. Oh, I've had my, my Leviathans eaten up by Voltrax. Being charged by a Night Lance probably isn't good. <laughs> um, uh, f- fucking machine killer vets with uh, melt guns and a Dreadclaw. That's it's Night Night. Um, <laughs> night Vets. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of ways. I mean, you're just talking basic bitches that anybody can take. I'd say the best answer is machine killer vets with common meltas. Um, even with the armored ceramite, you're still strength nine, and it's only armor thirteen. Uh, the absolute best, like, go fuck yourself way would probably be if it. Well, it depends on where it's at because you'd have to be in your enemy's deployment zone. But in a Dynat Alpha Legion list. Um, using his uh, Cognosignum to make him BS5 and then shooting machine killer vets that are effectively AP0 uh, with Tank Hunter using mutable tactics at it. <laughs> and just, you ain't not, living, yeah, that's son. <laughs> All you have to do is um, get one through. One failed four up and you're done. Uh, speaking of Alpha Legion, take a saboteur and just come in on their side of the board and then no matter where it's at on the board, you go, I score an automatic pin at AP1. <laughs> Boom, yeah, yeah. So there's, I, I I don't know a ton of answers. So yeah, if you have a list you want us to look over, man, let us know, and uh, we'll give you some answers to take care of that pesky leviathan that's been just running rampant in your meta, I guess. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll we'll let you know how to take care of it. Send a five, send uh, five, five land speeders with a. Uh, Grab uh, the grav guns for the five haywire shots, and then put multi melters on all of them. Yep. There, there's a ton of answers out there for it. Well, all right. So next thing we have on the list here is we want to do a congratulations uh, to our Shapeways winner. Uh, for those of you all that. Didn't listen to last podcast episode. We this past week we gave away a fully loaded betrayal at Kalth box on the Facebook page. If you're not a if you don't like our Facebook page, I would head over there because we have some cool giveaways. Uh, Josh Barnett verified one of our posts because he was uh, <laughs> he was tagged in it, and it was like a, a clip from a Joe Rogan podcast. That we took and posted on there. So we're pretty legit now. Uh, but there's a lot of fun stuff on the there. War, but. The, the War Master, the War Master of Terra, uh, officially uh, tagged one of our posts. Yeah, he officially accepted and verified that, yes, this is a video about me from Radio Free Esteban. That is what he said <laughs> officially. <laughs> <laughs> the former UFC heavyweight champion. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if we're not getting some sort of traffic from that, I don't know what we're doing. Right? Yeah. But anyway, uh, congratulations to Lonnie, man. Already got your information and already got that all in the works to get you everything you need. Uh, go find us on Facebook, guys. We have a lot of fun stuff we put up there. A lot of polls and shit like that. It's a it's a good time. And then of course you can find our phone number on there, the two oh nine RFI thirty K zero. So just wanted to say congratulations to that. And then of course I want to say thank you to Shapeways and Pop Goes the Monkey. 
uh, for reaching out to us to have this uh, this sweet giveaway. So appreciate you, Shapeways. Appreciate you for trusting us to to promote your product in that way. So anyway, last thing on the list, Ryan, wheel of grindage, man. You got it. You got the wheel. I got the wheel right here. Can you All see right, the wheel? So let me go ahead and explain how this works. We haven't done it in a while, but I'm I'm glad we're going to do it today. So this is what the wheel of grindage is for all you new people that listen to it and have never had a wheel of grindage happen in your lifetime. So wheel of grindage, I'm looking at it right now. It's basically a spin wheel that Ryan spins, and it's got all the Horse Heresy podcast that have, I believe we said over four episodes, three or four episodes. We, we kind of had to make sure that it was a uh, it was a long going podcast before we threw them up on the pie plate on the pie pieces of the board here. So we have all the Horace Heresy podcast up here, and there are some pie pieces that say listener. Okay, and so the ones that say listener, if it does land on that listener pie, we go back to our Facebook page and we go to where we shared that our latest episode was up. And whoever shared that post for the SoundCloud link for our listenership, they have a chance to be sent a care package. A care package from all the coolest American foods and all of the tastiest, uh, I don't know, Ryan, Ryan can explain it better. Ryan, how, how do you how do you pick what goes in these care packages? Uh, it's basically, it depends on where you live. Like if you live overseas, it's pretty easy because like, there's a lot of cool American products that, you know, don't leave the U S like as far as snacks and stuff. So we can do that. If you do live in the United States, um, or, uh, in the 51st state, which is Canada, you can, um, <laughs> you know, you have a lot of the same stuff we have, so we can work it out where we still have unique things. And then if you live in the actual United States, there are still some local items like local to Indiana or local to Texas that if you live in a state outside of ours, we can still get some unique local items that are made in the state that we can uh, send to you. Um, I actually received one from JP from uh, the Age of Darkness podcast. He sent me, uh, so there's a store up there that has Dark Age models, uh, Meeple Mart, and they won't ship to the US. They, I don't know, they apparently don't like Donald Trump was their president or some shit. I'm not sure why they don't. I contacted JP and had him order models for me and then ship them to me. And when he shipped them, he threw a bunch of uh, Canadian uh, cultural exchange items in there for me. So I got a whole bunch of like candy bars that we don't get here from JP. So JP, my favorite candy bar is also your favorite candy bar, that uh, Wonder Bar, or do you pronounce it Wunderbar? Uh, I don't know how Wunderbar. it's officially pronounced. But it's, it's a very good candy bar. It's like a Butterfinger center with caramel around it with uh chocolate on the outside it's pretty fucking good like a butter so like a butterfinger and a twix yes it's exactly what that is it's 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 like a twix and a butterfinger uh made a candy bar baby that's exactly what it tastes like i love it i fucking love it all right so let's go ahead and see what podcast do we have on the board so we have the Age of Darkness podcast that we just talked about, the Sons of Heresy podcast, the Seize the Initiative podcast, the 30K channel, the Road to Terror podcast, the Eye of Horus podcast, the Northern Heresy podcast, the Varangian Heresy podcast, the Don't Lose Your Head podcast, 
the Covenant of Fire podcast with the wonderful Jake Bussey. Powerful Jake Bussey. Uh, the, <laughs> the Combat Face podcast with my buddy Kenny Lowell. The Loaded Dice podcast. The Geno 5-2 podcast. And then um, there, what's, is it the, uh, there's another one. What's the new, there's one that's reached the episode limit. Ooh, I don't know of one that's reached the episode limit yet. Isn't there another UK one now? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know the Legion of Lies is on episode two right now. Uh, oh, that's uh, done by our buddy Alistair, right? Yes, that's Alistair. Powerful. If y'all are listening to podcasts right now, or y'all are looking for a sweet podcast, go listen to the Legion of Lies. Yeah. But All right. So anyway, we're going to spin this thing. Uh, the ones that have already won, we've put a star on, and the ones that have the star... We land on it. It's actually a podcast name, but that means that it's a listener that wins. So there are currently one, two, three listener slots on the wheel. Hard. So you want to spin, Jay? Our guest oh, Jay will spin. Oh, Jay, do the honors. And there it goes. It's going round and round. I can only describe it to you listeners right now. Oh, oh. The, it's thir- 30K channel. David 30K Brains. channel. Powerful David Brains coming out to you. Gonna oh man he lives in the UK so he's gonna get some cool stuff oh my goodness yep so David Brains you better prepare yourself for some horrible horrible American food and <laughs> we'll go and get that out yep so Ryan before we close out man do you have any shout outs you want to give any unsolicited advice how about you plug your Dark Age podcast. Okay, so my Dark Age podcast is called Echoes of Samaria. We are on our second episode, and we were supposed to record the third one yesterday, but we had a uh, unexpected illness, and someone's girlfriend made an unexpected visit, so the uh, it kind of got shut down. So we're going to record in the middle of this week, hopefully on 4th of July or something, so we'll have our third episode out soon. Um, so we got that. I also want to, my buddy Jay here, let's talk about you and your situation. What's going on? Well, so uh, I moved to Indiana about a year ago and uh, met Chris Duncan. Uh, and he told me about this amazing game group. And so invited me down. And I've been coming down to Ryan's for about a year now. And it's it's been great. And now I'm moving to Connecticut. And I don't have any... Uh, Anybody in the in the Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New York area to play some 30k with? So I'm uh, I'm here to do a shout out. Anybody in those areas, dudes looking for dudes to play some 30k. So can I, uh, can I make a flyer for you and post it on our Facebook page where it's you like absolutely can black and white like a lost puppy like found. <laughs> I was going to do player. it more like. Uh, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they're looking for friends and they yeah. try and make the muscle, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> That's exactly what we're gonna do. Char- Charlie's like, oh, I thought we were making a dig. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> it's a bicep. Must be cool, but no. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, I was uh, just wanted to. I know you guys have a great base, and and if uh, anybody who listens to the Aya Horrors, because I know Tim and and Michael listen to this, so if they want to shout it out as well. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But uh, just looking anywhere in the in the New England area, I, <laughs> I drive for a living, so I have no problem 
going several hours to play some 30k and jay's jay's a great guy to play with he's super fun he's got tons since he came here we made him paint his shit he kept buying he's one of those guys that he'll buy something and just has to buy more and then buy more and then he has all this unpainted shit we were like jay quit buying shit take all this money that you're buying shit with and have it painted and because he's here with scott that does commission painting and dave from perpetual painting that does commission painting we made him get his shit painted. So how many armies do you own now for Heresy? For Heresy, I have seven armies. So there you go. And we're going to make sure that they're all painted. So if you want to play some fully painted Heresy with a cool guy, you definitely want to hook up with Jay. I'm going to go ahead and make sure. I'm going to hop on Connecticut Craigslist, and I'm going <laughs> to go straight to <laughs> straight go to men looking for men. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, I put your picture up. You got so many emails back. Oh, you yeah, so, so I don't know if they want to just email the uh, you guys at, at 30K. Mike yeah, you can send us a Facebook message on our Facebook, or you can email me, uh, Ryan, at Warhammer30K.com, and then I'll put you in touch with Jay, because you don't know your address yet. I have no I have no place to live. I'm, I, this is, I do it by the seat of my pants, you know? Yeah, so when, uh, we'll get badass. all, you know, all... I'll get you guys hooked up. You know, we can make a little Facebook chat, and I'll throw you in there with them. Whoever Fantastic. Wants to play, and we'll uh, any, uh, get you going. Terrific. Looking for a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I'm gonna go buy the J looking for 30k uh, <laughs> Facebook. I'm gonna go buy that URL right now. Buy that domain flat out. <laughs> J looking for 30k. Well, all right, guys. Well, we appreciate it uh, once again. Uh, if you haven't heard it before, you can always shoot us an email, Michael at Warhammer30k.com, Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, Derek at Warhammer30k.com, and Scott at Warhammer30k.com. And uh, we'll get your emails. Always, we will have a voicemail open for you guys, 209-RFI-30K0. Share your story. Share your industrial accidents. We will take anything and everything. Uh, also, if you are international and you cannot call our voicemail because of uh, international charges. You don't want to spend all that money for the long distance. You can just email us a voice clip. We'll play it on the air. Everything like that. Um, as well, guys, if you like our podcast, uh, definitely consider supporting us on Patreon. It uh, We do have a number of perks that we do have on Patreon. Uh, we do have uh, a special chat and a special group that gets cool stuff long before and and stuff that you you don't you normal listener your normies don't even get to see so uh yeah oh real quick you asked me about shout outs uh put it up on our patron and stuff i really do think it's a good podcast to listen to so i i just said i do a dark age podcast there's a couple other guys that do one out of chicago it's called new ash Kalon radio so it's a s h k e l o n new Ash Kalan radio. They just put out an episode, episode 10. The interesting thing about it is they got this guy named Brian Steele, who's the head developer. So he would be like, before he passed away, rest in peace, he'd be like the Alan Bly of Dark Age. And they got him on a podcast. And I know a lot of you listeners out there probably think I'm a delusional salty fuck that hates Games Workshop for no reason and all this and that. Well, these guys are like, kind of like the version of me they're veteran players they've put up with a lot of sh they've stuck with dark age for a long time so there are things that's happened to them in the past that they weren't thrilled about maybe directions of the company went they weren't thrilled about and all that so 
Brian went on the podcast and faced the firing squad and answered a lot of questions. The cool thing about it is, cool many or not, those smaller than Games Workshop, they're still a publicly traded game company that sells a ton of product. And he's the head developer of one of their you know, newer up-and-coming product lines to go on there. So he basically went into all the meat and potatoes on how they run their business, how they distribute their product, how they treat their retailers, what their vision is for the company. So it gives you a very good peek behind the curtain of how companies like Games Workshop and stuff like that uh, maybe operate or maybe should operate, depending on what you're thinking about. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, even though you don't know anything about Dark Age, I think it's still a very interesting podcast if you just like that side of things or maybe you want to get a little insight on how the gaming company works. Um, I also think that when you listen to Brian and you listen to the direction they're going and how they handle stuff, how he handles that interview, how he answers questions, the information he gives out, how he interacts with people on Facebook... um, there may be some other companies that I won't name here that uh, could maybe listen to that themselves and get some pointers on how maybe they should treat their uh, um, customers and maybe handle things. Just saying. I dig it, man. Very cool. Go give them a check out, guys. Where can you find them on SoundCloud or what? iTunes? Um, if you, they're they're probably on iTunes. Um, we can even post a link. They're cool dudes. It's uh, Chad Brunner. And uh, Jay Ryan, like I said, the the podcast is New Ashkelon Radio. We shout them out on uh, our Echoes of Samaria podcast. Um, so uh, it's episode 10 is the latest episode. It's around two-hour episode, and Brian's on there the whole time. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty cool podcast. Like I said, even if you're not into Dark Age, I think it's still just cool insight on how the gaming industry works. I dig it, man. I dig it a lot. I will check that out as soon as I can. And we'll go ahead and post a link up for you guys on the Facebook page. Uh, that way, you guys can check it out as well. Okay. So, r- rock and roll, boys. That's going to be it. So, we'll go ahead and throw some music on for you guys. And uh, enjoy your 4th of July week, guys. Unless you're in any you other too, country. Michael. then. Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later. Happy Trader Day on the 4th. Up in this bitch. UK. (laughs) George Washington in this motherfucker. (laughs) Made y'all look like chumps. (laughs) Not really. We lost every battle and simply won because your uh, uh, supply chain could not reach across the ocean. And then we won one fight at the end. And you guys said, fuck these colonial fuckfaces. We don't need them. And you went back home. And then we (laughs) shoot fireworks to celebrate that. Just speaking the truth. (laughs) Later, guys.
Shit, bro.